continue our adventures throughout our second edition conversion of the Curse of the Crimson Throne, which I believe is the second ever Paizo Adventure Path, which is pretty impressive considering this was not a thing they really did. They had one test run with Rise of the Rune Lords, which admittedly I've never run and I'm not really familiar with, and then pulled out the absolute banger that is Curse of the Crimson Throne. I freaking love this adventure so far, even as early as we are. Uh, which you can check out yourselves with these this new fancy pocket edition here. It's the anniversary version with a ton of new art and a ton of new organizational general usefulness. The, the way it is laid out makes dramatically more sense than it did previously. Uh, it was, if you've ever looked at the original, it was definitely uh, one of the first full adventures <laughs> that had come together. This is more manageable, and I like it. It's also the full adventure, all six books, all the appendices, everything in one tome. And thank you to Paizo, of course, for sponsoring us not only with this and the accompanying pawn box, which is a bunch of little miniatures that you can use. This is these little neat little cardboard thingamajigs here with the full art you can put on your table without having to worry about painting or organizing or transporting the like three-dimensional variable plastic miniatures fortunately most of us are warhammer experts here so it's a thing we do on the regular anyway gun cases are surprisingly good at gun cases are great at it magnets. They're fantastic magnets Th is my go-to magnets on the inside of the metal toolbox and mm -hmm. just stick them all through that that's what we're about thank you for my haunted harrow deck and the, yeah, the, the neat path it's hero. gorgeous i pick them all up and get spikies in my hands. I do that too. Yeah, but you play orcs, so. You quite literally just like two fist all of your army into a Tupperware bucket and just I, haul it down to I wherever also, you're going. Do we have music? I um, also do that. Orcs are very tough and very sharp. I don't think their canonical lore carries over to the physical plastic miniatures. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you as well. The other sponsors, Norse Foundry, all these fancy metal dice. Uh, and we have a great discount code for them. It scrolls around the bottom there as it goes by. And some recently we have one for Arkenforge as well. Definitely my favorite map creation software that I have used for trying to fill in some of the holes in the various adventures, some of the weird crap you idiots decide to do, uh, which leads us to unplanned situations that may not exist in the actual adventure. Uh, but also running the game with a physical monitor on the table. And Sirenscape, the source of all of our immersive sound sets and everything. I say it every week because I've had such a large amount of my prep being setting up custom sound sets because I like having them so much that not having to do that because there's an official one saves me such an insane amount of time. At least 10 minutes. At least 10 minutes. It is indeed at least 10 minutes. As we had left off last week... We had come back with pretty resounding success from our first mission for the Corvosan Guard. We had captured Varric van Kaskerken and of the Cowboys <laughs> and escorted them back to Citadel Volshenik. Almost. We got them all. <laughs> all survivors. You all, we, we, we brought all of them back. I guess we did bring the body, didn't we? You have physically transported <laughs> all of them. All of the human figures that were once the Cowhammer Boys. <laughs> we got all the Cowhammer Boys. And most of them are even still alive. Most of them are alive. The ones that John didn't Four get fifths. to. <laughs> Four fifths of them. 
But regardless of the intervention of John Double Homicide Tiller, <laughs> only one loss there. And then we had a bit of time to ourselves. There was not immediately another task that needed our uh, attention, not another thing that these, we are really truly little more than mercenaries, uh, crown sanctioned as we may be, working for the Cor uh, and Guard in, I suppose, a more official capacity than a traditional mercenary. Uh, but given the desperate situation of, well, everything in the wake of the king's death, they're taking what they can get. And We're mercs with mouths to feed. You guys. Uh, many of you had gone to attempts to gather some information about Arden's nephew, uh, having dealt with an information broker far up in Old Corvos on the north in town. And John... Doing the Corvos and stomp right towards the citadel. Had gone out to just, you know, have a day, live his life as well as he could. Almost immediately got accosted by an extremely drunk man uh, who definitely thought you were not John, but Nephi. I am Nephi. I just don't know what you're talking about. Who you had uh, later found out was once the watch captain of Citadel Voshevik and were escorting him back uh, to the castle for, well, wherever exactly that will lead. Processing. Processing. Another drink. A quick marriage. So we begin today's adventure. Uh, John had made his way back to the Citadel. And this man, just so blindly drunk that by the time he really realized, it kind of struck him, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Citadel. Uh, you had already been met by some of the other guards on site. Uh... He looked a little betrayed, perhaps, but put up no resistance as oh, they Nephi, how could you do took that him to further me? inside. And uh, shortly after, the rest of the party, the four of you, I imagine, will be making your way up the walk as well uh, to meet John just inside the gatehouse of the Citadel here in the mid-afternoon. So, how was, how was your morning? Did you get anything? Well, actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we 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 did. We got up quite a bit of information. Oh. No, this is for you. I just throw him the half bottle of whiskey up. I'm not going to drink. Oh, I might drink a little bit later. But you look like a man who enjoys that brand. All right. Oh, I mean, I can certainly put it to good use. Are you gonna use it to clean your gun? That would not be a good idea. Oh. <laughs> no, I will not be doing that. One. But um, no, it seems that uh, Floblin has some connection, uh, a, a nose and information broker who, who is able to uh, point us in the right direction. Um, apparently, Lem has a son who's just as twisted and vile as his father and is uh, looking to uh, basically pick up his father's leavings. First but, bit of information is very surprising. Second bit, not so much. Well, apparently he has some dealings with the academy, which is closed down right now. I wonder if the if the marshal would be able to give us uh, give us access, uh, maybe a, a warrant or at least the keys or permission. Uh, that could be that could be really good. Um, although we're not there on official capacity, but we could ask her. Won't, won't, won't we get we get in trouble with with the people from the academy? Won't won't they get upset because we're trespassing? Well, if if we have permission to be there, it's not trespassing. 
can the guards give us permission? I, I don't know. I mean, if, if any of the guard could get permission, the marshal could. Oh, okay. As well draw I suppose. Worst case, we could just, you know, snake it. I don't like the idea of sneaking into an academy full of magic casters. Oh, yeah. I, I hear bad stories about that kind of thing. I mean, oh, I'd feel worse idea. about it if, you know, they didn't have such a, a demonstrated bad record of holding on to their own imps. I'm so tricky. Well, it, it could be a lot easier to get out than in. That's also true. Especially when you got wings. Well, far better than for the marshal to give us the keys, if she can. Maybe well, if we had wings, it wouldn't be that bad. I, don't... I mean, while we're wishing. I, I, I have spider legs. That's not wings, that's a little creepy. That is a little what? strange. Well, they, 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 they don't stick around forever, but but I have them. So, like that, that doesn't make it any more comforting. But like you can have spider legs when you want them? Well, well, well they're, they're, yeah, I can just walk on walls. I mean, that's that's useful. Potentially quite useful. Okay, all right, I, I'm, I'm starting to see it now. Okay, all right, all right, all right. It took me a minute. It took me a minute. Um, well, hopefully we don't have to. Hopefully the watch captain can just go ahead and give us a give us a warrant or something. We can just walk in and check it Copper out. Copper bell! And you hear a familiar uh, voice call out just outside the gatehouse and uh, turn to see a figure approaching. Full, perfect, upright, uh, wide-brimmed hat, just so askew. Uh, still in his sable company form with a trident slung across his back. The... Standard, uh, the normal drill sergeant you'll be working with down at your training grounds, not too far from the Citadel itself. Sir! It's good to see you, sir. Kind of look at you and take a gaze across the rest of the group. Seeming to regard Floblin just as derisively as he does Arden and Reth. Uh, but John, you, you sense no real hostility here. It seems normal and, uh, Amicable enough to you. And he looks over. Well, consider my damn surprise when I heard that you'd signed up with the Kovros and Guard up here in the Citadel. Signed up more like uh, press ganged, but uh, you sent me home. So I had to do something to keep the city from falling apart. That's a jump ship across the street. How many years, Copper Bell? Training down Disabled Company grounds, working your way up, trying to get admission, waiting for any opening? You've been a damn sight more dedicated than basically an act like any uh, we've had. Turn our back for five minutes and find you up here? You should... I, desperate time, sir. Also, the did invite me. It's hard, to, it's hard to say no to her. I see a bit of a smirk on his face. Relax, Copperbell. I don't have authority over you anymore. Truth be told, any I had, you just gave me anyway. You're never with us on official business. You're just a hopeful. For now, sir. It looks across the group of your friends. Still am. And uh, raises a brief hand, kind of not not towards you, not not, not in a, like solid greeting, but almost kind of just like sideways, almost a type of salute. Like he's about to smack a <laughs> goblin, <laughs> or an uppity recruit. <laughs> that that that's 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 it's Sergeant nice. Parvazo, Sable Company. I had come to check up on well, interesting news I had heard about some of the new recruits. Up here with the Corvos and Guard. Couldn't believe without seeing it with my own two eyes, and yet here you are. Teaching the street rats how to properly care for things. Uh, that ain't too far from what 
uh, John there said, honestly, it's not. It sounds exactly like you're causing all kinds of technical errors on that end. <laughs> that was my dice disconnecting the battery dates. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Bluetooth dongles. <laughs> no. Darren, truth be told, had a spare moment. Figured I'd come up here and honestly, so I can make sure everything was going all right with you. Me, Sarge, I, I appreciate that. Look, Copperball, I'm not familiar with any of your friends here. But truth be told, you always want to keep your private life separate from your dreams of disabled company, which is wise. Honestly, better than most of, the, uh, both, most of the adepts do. And from what I've heard, after the king's passing a couple of days ago, you're damn near the only trainee that's done anything but tuck tail and run to cover. Maybe that was smarter. I don't know what you're hoping to accomplish up here. Well, it makes me damn proud. Thank you, sir. Uh, once all this dies down and training opens up again, I'll, I'll be back. I don't know. From what I hear, the Corvosan Guard's pretty desperate for help, and it sounds like you've made, you're making yourself a pretty solid name. Most of this training, most of what you've been through anyway, basic physical regimens, discipline, instilling a certain spirit. It'll transfer in the Guard will be good to have you. You're good for the city. Honestly, you got a good family here, Copperbell. Sable Company have you traveling, pretty far afield. Mission's not even necessarily still uh, still within the boundaries of Varicia. Out to Magnamar even further. Corvos and Guard keeps you closer to home. Safer. It's easier. By all rights, very possibly better. Oh, maybe maybe I'll agree someday. And uh, he reaches up. Trident. Spec, which is a tri something you would definitely recognize. Mm -hmm. It is almost like a symbolic weapon of the Sable Company, uh, being the Marines of Land, Sea, and Air. It is a weapon that excels in all three of those theaters. Uh, just as versatile as a short spear on land, uh, easily designed with the weighted head to be thrown from the back of a griffin, uh, flying through the air, and perfectly serviceable in or underwater. Uh, it's a degree of iconic. Arden will instinctively and, uh, take a step back when he pulls the trident. He kind of looks at you a little weird for just a brief glance for a moment. He pulls the trident out and holds it holds it out broad in front of him. Sergeant? Takes a step towards you, writes himself up. Darren Copperbell, you're no longer one of our trainees of the Sable Company. But whatever it is you're doing for the guard here, said he's a damn mess. Keep yourself safe. I can't officially award this to you with any honorary titles, but, well, given the state of damn near everything within this, in this city's walls, I'm sure gonna hand it to you unofficially. Sir, I won't let you down, sir. Look at Zach. Congratulations, Darren. I don't know how happy the rats will be to have you wielding that with the Corvos and emblem on your chest. <laughs> you what do they call us? Wingers, sir. Show them what they can do. I'm not really, I'm not really uh, sure I understand. I Don't you both work for the city? Why, why do you not like each other? I'll, I'll tell you later, Arden. It's like a rivalry thing. Don't worry about the company, Darren. What about you? Stay safe, right? We'll take care of ourselves, and we'll take care of each other. He puts up a salute first, which you would know is absolutely 
Like not something he, w- he is, would never salute you at all. Uh, <laughs> and has never any of the time that you have been down training with the Sable Company. That's not the way that this hierarchy, this chain of command goes. You salute him and he yells at you. <laughs> <laughs> he I... snaps this off. Thank you, sir. At least I can do. And uh, looks the rest of the group. The rest of you? I don't know you. I don't know where you came from. I'm damn not sure why any of you are here. Same. Well, somebody's got to look after the kid. Well, if you're working for the guard, hopefully you're doing something right by the city of Corvallis and the crowd. Do it proud. Stay safe. Thank you, sir. And he, uh, without a further word, turns almost on his heel back towards the gate. You would know of this trident, but you have definitely never been able to wield one yourself. Before that, though, Blade Tiger, John looking a little dry on hero points there. Thank you. Which card is this? I think we just need the title, because we've gone through the whole deck now. Zesperate to swing. This had better work. You know <laughs> that these tridents are uh, enhanced, but not traditional runes. Uh, but an innate magic. They are near identical across the Sable Company, and it's something that is very much unique to them. Uh, They are as versatile as the Marines are to be. Uh, It is functionally a plus and trident uh, with a single action and and a twist on the grip the haft can extend by several feet, hmm. which makes it much more unwieldy and difficult to throw. It loses the thrown trait, but gains reach instead. Hmm. Wow. You would be familiar with their operation, even had you definitely uh, never been worthy of using one yourself. Wow. That's actually really You cool. think that in... That was odd. That's a strange thought. I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> it's my brain skipping its beat. And <laughs> D- Darren, is that... I've wanted one of these. wanted to earn what? one of these. What do you say? You want well, to go a giant try its elves? I can, I can do that. Yeah, let's go try its elves. This is fun. Are we catching Big Neil? As a kid, training was my father. Uh, let's was, go. Was he your dad? Sort of. He trained me. He trained me for about a year. Wow. It, it, that, that's an honor for him to give you his, his weapon. I know. I've always dreamed of earning one. I... <laughs> oh, the quartermaster when he sees one of these. I can't wait to see his eyes bug out of his head. <laughs> you just hand it on over the counter. Yeah, could you put one of them fancy runes in this for me? <laughs> oh, don't twist that little bit right there. Oh, too late. <laughs> no, this is... This is everything I've ever wanted weird time for it to be. I know he said I could do well in the guard, but once all this is over and calms down, Sable Company is my dream. I'll chase it downtown again. And, oh, uh, geez. I can't, I can't. That's really Pull sweet. handkerchief, just pass it over to him. <laughs> Ignores uh, the blood. Floblin yeah. and uh, Arden, is your not as... I either confused or clearly not as engaged in this as Darren is looking back towards the gate as the uh, sergeant leaves. The two guards at the gate I clearly see what transpired just inside the gatehouse here and are definitely giving some weird looks 
towards Darren and his newfound trident here. Uh, those of you of Corvosa uh, would realistically probably not. This is none of your freaking training society, uh, unless that's changed. No, no. no. It, that was funny. I can roll. That's fair. None of you would would be quite as clear on this distinction between the guard and the sable company. So how they how these two guards at the gatehouse regard the sergeant and, and Darren with his trident now would probably seem kind of weird because they're almost dismissive. Uh, the two guards almost like clearly chuckling as if some sort of joke has transpired. But clearly Darren seems beyond touched by this. I guess it's like a it's like a city person thing. I I don't know. I I just think it's a giant fork. It's a, it's a giant weapon. I mean, clearly it's it's very big. You can get a very big pick with that. It's not shaped like a fork at all. It it kind of looks like a. Fork. But, but, but I don't. The teeth on the fork are closer together. Ref, ref, oh, ref. Oh, well, he's a bigger person than I am, so I would assume he needs a bigger fork. I, I that still, makes sense. I still this don't is why understand. I hate talking to goblins. No. <laughs> You guys are good, but don't don't interrupt. Their oh, scene. sorry. If they're done, you can yeah. go. Oh. I I I still don't understand why they don't like each other. Well, it's it's kind of. What what would you say is the best way to put it, Darren? Oh, in another world, <laughs> <laughs> staring at the trident. Just... You see, he's obsessed with his giant form. Um, it's a competitive rivalry. Not really. Did you ever have brothers? That's how, yep, brothers. It, it, well, yeah, I have a nephew. <laughs> yes, right. I, okay, I understand. Um, <laughs> so when brothers, they work together on a lot of things, kind of like for the city. The city is sort of the family, and the Sable Company and the Guard are sort of brothers. And they all work to help the city out, but they do it different ways. And, you know, the guard do it one way. They trudge the streets, they keep order, they make sure they investigate petty crimes. And the Sable Company are just better. <laughs> <laughs> the Sable Company get to fly. The Sable Company get to take on all of the enemies in Corvosa <laughs> in every way possible. The Sable Company get the best training they get. Well, spectacular gear like this. I mean, you've seen the Quartermaster. Uh, but all the same, even though the guard is worse, we appreciate the work they do. And, but, you know, we always, we gotta, we can't let them get too ahead of themselves. They have to remember who's the best. So that's what it's all about. You know, it's just, just brotherly ribbing, right? It's like, this is, this is the little brother who thinks he can do things. And sometimes he can, but sometimes you have to remind him. So isn't the little brothers normally the favorites? The younger child is normally the favorite, at least in my experience. So that would make the Sable companies the favorites. They would be the younger child. Uh, you could certainly think it that way, but um, you're wrong. I mean, <laughs> usually when it, in my culture, when it's involving the favorite children, it just means that they get the pile of meat first. You would watch the Corvosan god do everything wrong, and then as the younger child follow behind them and do everything right. Yeah, you'd think that'd be how it worked, but now the card has never figured it out. They still keep trying to do things their way. Well, because you was a younger child, they was the older child. But yet we're better. Yes, because you was a younger child. It doesn't work that way. That's how it works. No, I, I promise so. you. I think you're just a bad family. A bad family? Oh. Certainly not. You can't have brothers that get along all the time. Oh. That then they never try anything new. 
One of them is going to be better at stuff. It just works out that way. That is how it works out. I mean, there's a reason why I'm an only child now. Now? That's... <laughs> Goblin culture. Please say more. I, I hope not. I don't want the story. But the, uh, the group of you here, uh, within this set now, and Darren now with his shiny new trident to try out here, and John seemingly very enthused to, to aid him, uh... There isn't much time left in the day for you to seek anything major. So unless there's something else that you were all after this particular afternoon, uh, I imagine much of the rest of the day would pass without incident. Uh, either here in the Citadel or heading back to your own homes. Um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, well, Floblin is probably uh, going to... Um... He doesn't really have too much to do. I mean, he's already had his big breakfast. Gotta go find a nice, a nice dumpster. Yeah. Um, I, originally, I was thinking about, I'll just go to my dumpster. But actually, what he's going to do is he's actually really concerned with uh, Arden's nephew. And he's uh, going to get with Arden and see if, like, I don't know, if they can sit down and make some sort of game plan on where to, you know, start with their search. Oh, okay. So you, you Flavlin would, would spend some time with you. So John and Darren are off. Of playing with this trident, having it playing with Darren's new toy, having a good time. Uh, Floblin and Arden are trying to use what uh, admittedly little information that you'd learned from Oriasini to try to f figure out any way that you could find Lamb's son. So, what would the breath? What would you be doing with your afternoon, your evening? There's a nice bottle of whiskey I gotta acquaint myself with. Valid <laughs> point, sir. It's having a great time. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> But the rest of the evening and the night uh, would pass without further incident. Uh, you would get no word. I don't know if you're going, if you care at all to investigate what had befallen your drunken friend. I would ask. Nobody would, uh, yeah, nobody would contact you or anything. I would go find someone to talk to because I'm curious. There wouldn't be much that you would hear other than these, uh, the guard, uh, everyone within Citadel Bolshevik at this point would have very quickly learned of who you brought back. Uh, and you not being of Corvosa at all uh, may not have really understood like the tier of watch captain. Uh, but this man, what uh, Captain Grau that you brought back What's his name? Would have basically only been outranked by Field Marshal Croft oh. within the Citadel. He was, uh, where she oversees basically the operations of the Corvosan Guard at large. The watch captain is directly responsible for all the operations of the Citadel itself. Um, he has the full authority over every facet of Citadel Bolshevik's operation. Again, only superseded by the field marshal herself. This is not just some guy, uh, especially having come back that same day with uh, Sergeant Van Kaskerken and, you know, not being a military man yourself, it could be easy for, I imagine John did not really see the difference, like the huge gulf between sergeant and captain. Sergeant's like a step above a list enlisted guy. He's, he is exactly one rung up that ladder. But Captain Grau, this was huge news that he had been pulled back in by the random mercenaries <laughs> that had been sent from Castle Corvosa. This is a big fish. Somehow. A very good fisher. Truly impressive fish indeed but beyond that none of them would know
anything that had, uh, had happened with him or what was going to happen with him, as he would have gone directly to the field marshal herself, uh, who would be dealing with this matter personally. Uh, this is a circumstance that kind of falls outside of the traditional status uh, uh, procedure of things, especially given the situation of the city and the Citadel and how understaffed the guard is at the moment. It would be a very different thing than what happened with Sergeant Van Kaskiken, who more or less just kind of gets disappeared once you get him back. Uh, he is... Well, I mean, they want to learn what they could about why he defected and what's going on, and they're going to learn what they can, and then he is going to go to Corvosan Prison somewhere. Probably. I think yeah. so. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. But resting in the Citadel would awaken the next morning uh, to a guard arriving with a message once again. Uh, fairly early on in the morning, but not so early that it would be awakening the grip you. As you were preparing, uh, the man would stop by each of the two barracks chambers that you had claimed as a group and uh, let you all know, uh, Field Marshal Croft has more business for you. Uh, not now, but you'll need to meet her about an hour before sundown up in her office. Sundown? Before sundown? Indeed. Oh, all right. Late this eve. All right, all right. It's apparently... Uh, Meeting a contact that won't be available until then. Hmm. So ready yourselves and be available. All right. All right. Should we should we wait till then to ask her about the the warrant, or should we? I think that would be probably best to wrap all the all the business with her in one meeting. Huh. No all point right. in dragging that out. Get it all done. Besides, I would get tired of seeing your faces multiple times throughout the day. Her face? Your face? My face? Your faces? We go together. You see our face all day. We well, go in one big meeting throughout the entire day, but to split it up multiple times, just go somewhere. Go like something. if you had to keep on asking somebody something every five minutes. Okay. Ah, from her perspective. Yes. I missed that bit. Okay. Yes. That's just, thank, thank you, Dutch. But, uh, John, the field marshal wants to speak with you directly. Okay. Ooh. Oh, did I not tell you about the man I brought in yesterday? Who? I found the captain of the watch. What? Yes. What? You, brought... what? You, you found him? Well, he found me, and then I brought him here. Was he missing? Apparently. Apparently. So I'll go see her as soon as I'm done with this prayer. Indeed. Uh, whenever it is, you're available. Uh, and uh, the guard would take his leave and leave you to your morning rituals. Huh. Oh. Huh. Well, just found him. Yes. Well, he found me. He thought I was his best friend from Sandpoint. Wow. You... you know him, huh? I didn't know you were from Standpoint. Yes, apparently my name is Nephi now. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Who? I'm sorry. Nice it's a Nephi. long story. Now then, in the room and just start a prayer. So should I should I call him Nephi now? Is that what I, I guess that's his name? Right. I thought it was John. I thought Nephi. it was John. Too. Maybe it's like a nickname or something. <laughs> Well, I know all thing. I'm going to go to the mess hall for a quick Average snack if anyone wants to join me. Well, well, now, wait a minute. Well, what, what, before you go, what time is it? Because I don't want you to get hit in the, with a frying pan for a third time. Like, the morning would be one of the safe times. Okay, all right, all right. We're so, good, we're good. They would have the three square meals. I only got hit in the head once. It's not 8 o'clock yet. Yeah, between <laughs> sun, uh, right as uh, sunrise dawns and for about an hour afterward, the mess hall will be available for the morning's meal. 
He's not going to get bonked this time. There'll be at least oh. like the other four or five guards that are available in there as well that aren't currently posted up at the gatehouse. I think it just depends on the mood of the, the cook. I mean, he might get bonked anyway, but if he does, it's entirely his own fault. <laughs> well, I'll join you. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to... Roy, it's always great to eat bacon with a friend. I'm just going to stare at this trident while I eat it. <laughs> you bringing it with you into the vessel? Totally am. Yeah, you guys have definitely made some weird waves throughout the, like, dozen personnel that are still in the Citadel. Uh, maybe two dozen. There's not many total. Uh, between somehow discovering the Watch Captain and now, you know, getting handed a Sable Company <laughs> trident. You know, Darren, I, I know Flom said something about it being a fork, but I don't think you can actually eat off of that. It might be a little awkward. I mean... I think you can. Sounds like a challenge. Well, if you could put something between them, you could use it like a big spoon, sort of. Just kind of feed yourself like a horse or something. Are you, like, assuming I'm going to eat peas with this or something? Well, you got to eat something bigger than a slice of bacon with it. Yeah, probably like a chicken or something. I could totally like spear a chicken. chicken with this. A yeah, whole, whole chicken. chicken. Spear it, roast it. Okay, I was about to say, you going to at least cook it on there? Well, of course, I'm not a savage. I mean... You're going to be cooking and eating a, a chicken. A chicken. On the same. Oh, so John. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not a savage. As you uh, make your way not to the mess hall, but I assume first up to the field marshal's office, uh, you would be let in and see Field Marshal Croft sat behind her desk uh, with some more, a uh, wider spread of papers and ledgers in front of her than usual. Uh, as well as a large, uh, bright steel square shield uh, perched on the opposite side of her desk, uh, emblazoned with the massive uh, sigil of the Corvosan guard uh, painted across the front of it. And she would look up and see you and just motion, Oh, yes, uh, come in. Good morning. As to you. I've... Well, I've heard some very interesting things about your adventure yesterday and truth be told I'd like to hear them from your mouth what happened and how did you come across Captain Grau so you see I was walking down darn I forget which route it was but I was going to hitting pawn shops I'm looking for a very and all of a sudden and didn't close to me but he confused me for his friend Effie and so I just played along took him to a bar talked and then he slipped out that he was captain of the guard so we bar hopped our way back here I figured you would want any deserter, as you said, as when you took us on. Captain Grau's been missing since... Well, the riots immediately after the loss of the king. We hadn't heard absolutely anything about him in the time since then, and honestly, I feared the worst. I, truth be told, never expected to see him again. I don't know that I can properly impress to you how much of a boon you've done for the Corvosan Guard and for me personally. This, and she kind of stops for a second, just gather her thoughts, kind of compose her words. I know this has all been thrust upon you and your friends very rapidly here, that you've, and we're, of course, more than grateful for your willingness to aid us and to aid the city of Corvosa, which to my understanding is not even your city, 
Uh, you're being paid for it, obviously, but you're putting your life on the line for a city and a people that you barely know. He figures while I'm here, might as well do something good. Then whether by chance or divine providence or however else now, Captain Grau has been returned to the Citadel by your hand. I... I truly don't know how properly to express my gratitude. You can say thank you. <laughs> thank you is not nearly going to encompass what you are due, John Tiller. But this... This is... And the... See, your gaze falls over to the shield. This is perhaps the best that I can do at the moment. I, I feel it fitting. Uh, given the situation in Corvosa, we have a fair sight more equipment than we have personnel to issue it to. And though, unfortunately, I'm afraid this will aid you little in your operation that you'll be undertaking this evening and this night, ideally, it may protect you anywhere else in the city or in further operations that you follow for the Guard of Corvosa. There's a watchman's shield. Watch sergeants. An enchanted one. It's sturdier than it appears. Damn near impenetrable steel. It's okay for me to have this. As I said, uh, honestly, given the state of things, I think less goods for the quartermaster to have to keep track of and <laughs> constantly obsess over may be better for all of us. Truth be told, as you are doing what continue to be more and more unbelievable tears of success for the city of Corvosa, it's the least I can do to issue you some modicum more equipment to protect yourself. I mean, I don't, I'm not, so, I, John, I'm turning a little flush because he has no idea how to process any of this information. I, if you, I'm not going to say no, that's what you read, but are you sure? Positive. I mean, if, if you don't want it, you are by all rights welcome to refuse, but it is, well, standard issue for watch sergeants, and given the undertakings of you and uh, the rest of your group that had come from Castle Corvosa, that is honestly about the closest to the role you've been performing for us so far. I will, I will take it, yes, yes, it is just bringing in a man. Captain Grau is not just a man, Mr. Tiller. Well, apparently so. Ozen, is there anything else you'll need from me? Or... Uh, absolutely will. Uh, did the messenger not reach you this morning? He told us to meet you tonight. Indeed. Uh, have, I have a task that has come to me from another friend outside of the Corvosan Guard. Uh, it'll be best to have him on hand to explain it, and he won't be around until near nightfall. It'll be an operation that's probably more wisely undertaken during the night anyway. So you may want to rest up for much of the day and prepare yourselves as well as you can. You can tell your friends that as well. All right, I will, I will pass on the message and kind of take the shield. It's a pretty hefty shield. Uh, it is a square steel plate uh, with a bolted rim around it, but it's not, not quite as large as a full kite or a traditional square shield, which while called that is really more of a pretty vertical rectangle. Uh, this is almost literally a perfect flat square, but significantly larger and heavier than a buckler. Certainly something that you could not just strap onto your wrist and would need to be wielded. Uh, though, given the clear bulk as you look at it, uh, picking it up, it's not exceptionally heavy. And in, in fact, 
it doesn't feel uh, that much more obtrusive, even just, just picking it up to hold it, than if you were just holding a much smaller buckler or even a small heater, or a similar shield of wooden make, which would be much lighter. Uh, the emblem of the Korosan Guard painted upon its surface, the only thing breaking the polished, shining uh, square of metal is... I mean, it looks, if such a thing existed, like it was printed. It, there's no visible hand stroke or anything. It is an almost strangely flawless shield. Uh, clearly the hallmarks of an item with some amount of magic behind it. And uh, for simplicity, even though she herself would be unable to detail you exactly the specifics of its magic, it is just purely mechanical shield more shielder. It is a minor sturdy shield. Okay. With watercolor painting. <laughs> it doesn't do anything that you couldn't do with a regular shield, but it is, as she said, more resilient than a shield of its type should be. It will protect you better from harm and it is harder to destroy. It is shield Much harder. What? It is shield plus. It is shield plus. There's a plus one. <laughs> basically what that is, yeah. Now, uh, as you take it, she continues, now I know, based on most of the equipment that I've seen you bear, that you are not typically one for a shield in battle, which is, truth be told, part of why I think it may be wise to issue you one. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> well, it's, I've never had a lot of use for a shield. We've never really used one, so I don't really know the proper... I mean, it's not exactly hard to use, but... You'll find the use of a shield is quite intuitive and incredibly valuable. You put it in between you and the things that want to do you harm. That is what the goblin's for, though. That's a joke. That was she, a joke. She <laughs> smirks at that and just kind of looks down. He actually does a very good job at standing between you and the person trying to stab you. Well, perhaps you can put the shield between him and the person trying to stab him. Yeah, that's actually might be wise. Anyway, well, that won't aid you in your operation tonight, and in fact, it would be unwise to even bring with you this evening. Again, I'll explain more as the time is. Uh, you may want to relax through most of this morning, this afternoon. I'll see you about an hour before sundown when my friend arrives. Sounds excellent. I will see you then. It's almost knows the proper salute, so I just bow. Yes. And uh, as he clearly kind of shuffling, like you're not in any official capacity for the Kavosan Guard, you need not worry about particular official salutes. It is fine. All right, then. Well, then, I'm going to go get breakfast. I'm hungry. Just shuffle out of the room. Shiny shield. And you make your way down with uh, possibly the opposite of a Sable Company Trident, which is a Corvosan Watch Sergeant Square Shield. Uh, down to join your friends in the mess hall, probably about as they're finishing up. Well, so we have the fork and the plates. The fork and the plate. <laughs> so when do I get a bandit's knife with clear, like, criminal markings on it, so we can have all three factions? What exactly are clear criminal markings? Like a symbol. It still uh, has the, the tag on it. Like yeah, a big frowny tag. face. Has a spider tag a on saw, it. Uh, a sawtooth saber. A big frowny face. Is this? I like to think it has the, the, the spider clamp, the security yeah. thing, and they're supposed to remove it to register, but you yeah. just stole it, so it still has the thing on it. Or the yeah. ink pack. Yeah. <laughs> the little ink pack hanging <laughs> on the of the, the knife. 
I guess there are a wide variety of evil deities <laughs> that you could just have on there. Like you could have, yeah, Norgorber probably makes the easiest yeah, amount of sense. Saber is pretty iconic. The Red Mantis sword. <laughs> Sawtooth knife. There you go. Just kind of sit down at the, at the, I get my food and then sit down at the table and just kind of look at the shield. Well, Lang, look at you. I got this. She gave me a shield for bringing Amon back. There's a watch captain, I guess. Uh, he's, he's, it's, it's... Is it a man? It's the watch captain. Oh, the watch captain. Got it. That would be why. He's, he's, it's not just some sergeant. It's the watch captain. She, she made a joke about me not using a shield and that probably wise I use a shield. That probably would be a good idea, actually. Yeah, like I thought, I, then I made a joke about Flubland being the shield. What? I'm not a shield. He's he likes, not. He likes to stand between you and the guy trying to stab you. That only happened once. Oh, that's more than enough. Well, he, actually, thankfully, it's not because he threw him behind me. I stood, I stood in front of him as the shield. Well, you're going to need that shield because next time you get blood, I'll help you get blood. Well, okay, I mean, that that's quickly. That, <laughs> he's he, just very he's pouty, shoving more bacon in his mouth. He's the one that wraps me up the last time I got blooded. Well, Floblin, I really appreciate your work. Please continue. Thank you, Darren. I would be crocodile food if it weren't for you Floblin's would, help. You actually would be. You actually have done a very well job on him. And I appreciate it. That is very good. It's one less than. Right. Don't forget it. Yep. Right. I forgot. I'm watching you. <laughs> you tried to. <laughs> yeah, <do> it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait. <laughs> this is where we learn that Floblin actually has both his eyes. He forgot to act. <laughs> no, you see, that all I got eaten by a raccoon. Are you sure? I feel like you was just wearing the eye patch because you'll think it looks cool. No, no, no. I, I when I was when I was a wee little goblin, I got into a fight with a pa uh, with a raccoon and uh, well, What's he the ate my eyeball, but I got my trash, so What's it's a win-win for me. Sounds like it was a win-win for the both of you. <laughs> <laughs> so as the uh, morning progresses and you each are filling the mess hall here, uh, John could certainly share the news that whatever operation was going to be happening was something that was going to take place during the night. Uh, is there anything that the group of you would be doing with your mornings or your day here before you meet with Field Marshal again later this evening? Um, well, I have an idea, actually. Um, so, uh, John, I know you've you've been really focused on this ring here, but maybe more more hands could make it go quicker. Can you give me a description of the oh. ring, and I can go look in pawn shops, too? I mean, we literally have nothing better to do today. Did I not? I did not. I am stupid. I am very stupid. And John is actually gonna reach in. He's gonna pull out a simple, uh, not simple, an iron band on a on a string. You it, had it the whole time. No, this is a replica made by a child's hand. Um, the ring is one of a kind heirloom to my family. Normally, the eldest child gets it, but my mother decided to give it to my youngest sister instead. My youngest sister, though, being the kind-hearted soul she is, had a replica made out of simple iron. Huh. And it's it's a band. It's it looks so cheap. It's um supposed to look like it's woven woven metal coming into a, a, a piece where a gym would sit, but there is no gym set into it. Was this made by a child or was this made by John? <laughs> uh, John's sibling. Okay. Fair. So, I don't know if that was just the excuse for like, this is made by a child. <laughs> a child is, yes. So does the gold ring actually have a stone set in it, or is it just it's, an empty setting? It is a stone set in it. You know how hard it is to find a setting stone for a ring like that? As a, like, I'm just asking. I know you are. I know you're not that dumb. Um, but yes, it's, it's, 
It's almost like a deep, a deep amethyst. Okay. Okay. So it's a gold ring that looks like this, kind of woven, yes. kind of like this. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, Darren's going to spend some time taking down like what this ring looks like, maybe even make some rubbings of the patterns on the surface. Um, if there's any, check for any engravings. Are there any engravings or is it just like you never got a chance to give this, so there's no engravings on there's it? There's no engravings. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So it's just, I'll just keep track of all that. It's, that would be actually very helpful. And then I can help Odin find his nephew in the meantime. Sounds like a balanced trade. It sounds like a balanced trade. <laughs> I'm sure your nephew is alive. <laughs> <laughs> One ring. Um, yes. So, anyways, what is the plan for the day? She said to rest and not to do anything extraneous. I would recommend not running into drunks on the road. It is incredibly mentally exhausting. It's apparently quite profitable, though. <sighs> I mean, how many? Uh, thankfully, there's only one watch captain who's missing, but. Well, there's nothing that says we can't just sit around here and loaf about. Well, I'm going to go swing my new trident around. That's... That, that, that seems like it's, it's, it's actual effort. Stuff. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to talk to the quartermaster. I might need to change equipment around to fit this shield. Oh, take oh, Arden with you. And, and take my sword with you. I don't want. I need <laughs> to give it back to him, but I don't want to look at him. I well. think you should give it back to him. No. no, no I think he no. would get very mad if a man who did not. Because the weapon brought the weapon back. Uh, yeah, I think you have a point. Thank you. I just really don't want to deal with that. I'll let you go first, and then I'll go in after you. Fine. <laughs> right, well, while you all are playing with your toys, I'm going to be doing my morning prayers to Lebaiko, and uh, Alden, if you want to go over the plan later with me, I'll be in the mess hall later. I I I'm going to find a map of the city. P -p Presumably they have one. That would not be difficult to acquire, yeah, either here within a citadel or with a very brief excursion out into the town outside. Arden is successful when he's hunting because he knows the terrain, and he doesn't know the terrain here, so he wants to get to know it. Fair enough. Um, you have, yeah, right outside the citadel of Bolshevik, you have High Bridge and then Pillar Hill, which is, Pillar Hill is basically just downtown Corvosa. It is like the super cosmopolitan uh, main shopping district for like so there's you got you're right in near everything even though the citadel is perched on the very southern end of the city near the high bridge that stretches across the east shore you are well the south side of the city is basically where all of this stuff is uh that's where castle corvosa is that's where the sable company training grounds that's where citadel Bolshevik. it's pretty much all down here the north do you go well it's not the north you go the worst if it gets because the, the area near the north bridge is fine too but you have access to basically everything pretty much right outside and they have jewelers and goldsmiths around here too absolutely um it's very much so in pillar hill uh, okay um I'll, I'll grab some maps and, and i'll make a note of where uh, some some of those things are to, to tell Darren and, and John in case maybe it got it got sold to one of them. That's a good idea. And, and then I'll, I'll I'll come back. Okay. But but I'm going to be studying those maps. So you're out with the maps and looking around. You two are into the armor. Floblin and Reth. What are you guys doing? Loafing about. Chilling. Um, I was going to do my morning prayers and then uh... breakfast came first. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast. Then prayer. prayer. Breakfast, then prayer. And then, um, like I said, if uh, Arden wanted to come see me after I did my prayer, not to try and find his nephew, he could. Otherwise, I'm just going to bide my time until we 
go do all mission. Yeah, after your prayers, you would definitely find that Arden would be gone as he went out uh, of town to uh, do all this. Uh, also not. chilling. He's <laughs> off something about marking maps and learning the terrain. I think he might be lost again. Uh, probably knowing him, it is. Um, in that case, what are you doing? Loafing. You want to burn some trash with me? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that'd probably get me in trouble. Oh, no, no you're gonna... just paying tribute to the Labico, and Labico will keep you alive. Well, no one's going to bat an eye at you doing it, but if I'm doing it, they're probably going to raise at least a couple questions. <laughs> not with that giant cannon on your back. That's going to raise more questions. <laughs> <laughs> if you do it, it's fine. We, they expect you have no expectations. People are going to be disappointed if I'm doing it. <laughs> exactly. Well, the two of you, uh, John and Darren, head into the armory uh, where you make your entrance and uh, immediately already at the counter uh, working in some ledgers is the quartermaster who looks up at the pair of you and immediately just looks back down at his ledgers and keeps is writing. He... I don't... I think I have... It didn't mean to do this right now. Returning this, put the longsword on the counter. He takes it under through the uh, gap in the grating, uh, looking over its handle and it's scabbard without even unsheathing it. What, you just take it outside and swing it around in a pig trough? What? It's actually kind of, I think, you didn't swing it in the pig trough, did you? You just I swung it at an imp once. The cap uh. on the top of the scabbard here is starting to fray the stitching down the sides, losing a bit. The base of this looks like it's seriously just been used to unclog somebody's plumbing. Would you run this through an O2 in the sewers? I I, I don't I, even pulled the blade out. I don't know out. what that is. I don't want to do it while you're still here. I don't know that I can trust myself. And uh, <laughs> he puts it on that same rack Honestly, behind him. That was fairly painless and, as far as most of these interactions it, go. It looks perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. you, bring it in, like, you have, I assume, maintained this perfectly well. And you have barely done anything with it. It looks absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, but he puts it back up. Oh, I say, imagine it took the two of you to carry this sword back in. All right, Zen. I'm going to go into town yeah, and go, yeah. um, go buy my own weapons and just not deal with this man at all. I mean, it's a, come on. He's right here. You, uh, you came with me. No, no, I'm no, here no, for, no. I'll stay in the room for moral support. See, this, what, I'm thinking, <laughs> what I'm thinking is I have a short sword already. I you was do. thinking about getting a long sword, but you know, I'm really partial to the short sword. Oh, a long sword. Is that what you're after? Hold on. I got just the thing. He turns around and grabs it. I walk away. <laughs> I just walk away. Puts it on the counter as you're leaving. I'll oh. give it to him. Don't, Why? Don't take it. Did I have to be included in this? Because I was under the impression that you'd ha you would throw a fit if someone else brought my sword in. Well, I can't entirely fault you for your logic. Uh, these have been issued to the group of you. Given the class of your delegation here, you are fundamentally, as far as I'm concerned, one unit. I don't have your names. I don't care about your names. You're the Queensman. Well, dang, that's easy. Hey, John, wait, wait up. <laughs> Gee golly, that was easier than I expected. As you, you turn it immediately going out. Yeah. Thanks for brightening my morning as always. <laughs> Next time we'll bring you cupcakes. <laughs> I just learned we don't have to talk to him about stuff like this anymore. We just send floblin. I can just give you the sword and he doesn't care. And just if we don't want it anymore, we just give it to floblin and he takes it back. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. I like that. All right, Zen. Can you imagine he just sees the hair coming towards him? <laughs> just in the distance, Floblin is sneezing. It's like, eh, why does I get the sneaky suspicion someone's talking about me? <laughs> Somewhere in a dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> Who would be talking about Floblin? 
another weapon onto the repertoire. <laughs> How many weapons do you are you carrying? Like seven, right? Mm. Eventually, you won't need armor because you'll have so much steel across your body. Yeah. You'll just be in full plate. It's like you ever seen the, the rogue whose leather armor is entirely made of belts? Yep. That's just Marie Seal. Yep. <laughs> it's entirely made well, of daggers. Well, it's 60% belts and 40% knives. knives. <laughs> That's just Marie Seal, the iconic rogue. <laughs> I don't like that it's taking you this Psych, long. Short sword, javelin five times, long spear, sap, long sword, and then a shield. What's your freaking bulk capacity? 9.7 is what I'm at. My encumbered is at 11. My maximum is 16. Oh, you hefty, hefty hauler? Yeah, I have hefty hauler. I'm prepared for this. It doesn't work because most of your weapons are pretty small. You have like a sap and a short sword and javelins and things Dude, that are you could add like 20 daggers. I mean, he... <laughs> you could add 29 daggers. <laughs> because the nine don't count as weight. You're not wrong. This is John Double Homicide Tiller. He has a reputation to uphold. There's the no way you could beat him is a rogue could sneak another into his pocket. He'd just fall over. He just he's walking and immediately just starts clunking. <laughs> Why has my speed been reduced? I don't understand. <laughs> Somebody slipped a dagger into my pocket. <laughs> but uh, with that, you two, I imagine, have the morning uh, and the afternoon to work with your weapons. Reth and Flabla not doing much of anything. And uh, Arden kind of getting a lay of the land and asking around, uh, searching the local pawn shops of the area. The group of you would reconvene back in Sadov Bolshevik in the late afternoon, not long before uh, the sunset was due to come, a little more than an hour, hypothetically, remaining. Uh, about due for your meeting with Field Marshal Croft. Uh, and making your way up to her office as a group once more, uh, the five of you would enter to see her standing in front of her desk, uh, still with the same bright red breastplate that she has always borne, uh, but next to her, uh, what looks to be a nobleman, maybe in his mid-thirties, relatively pale skin, a long, very well-manicured mustache extending out a few inches past his lips to fine points, uh, clearly waxed and maintained, touching uh, the very short, cropped, fine beard that he has. Uh, his hair, somewhat similar, uh, all, all of this dark brown, kind of accenting the red vest that he has over a... Is this self-insert? <laughs> I, I feel like this it is. is. This is the... Uh, how I view myself. This is... Wow. <laughs> I, I would like to raise, that is just Nick if you remove the facial hair. No, that's squid uh, if you give him uh, the mustache. That is that is that this is, is this is my self-insert AU that I have added to our Christopher's own <laughs> conversion. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Look, shut up, he's literally on the other page. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess your nose is a little bigger. Huh? There's guys yeah, quite a, a relatively quite a... small kind of nose. Does yeah. He? yeah, his nose is really small for his face. I don't like it. Are you looking at the same picture I am? Well, I'm looking at it from a different perspective than you are. He, uh, because his, his hair is also kind of honestly kept up very similar to how I wear mine. Yeah, I, I know, that's um, what's creeping me out a little. It Just, makes his face there, appear a bit longer. A it gives him more space that yeah, by comparison no. makes his nose look a little bit smaller. God, like even your ears are positioned almost exactly the same. Most I, people's ears are positioned generally no. the same. Not really. One of my ears folds out further than the other. Derp actually has really small ears for his head. I have a large head. Do you have small ears? He we does. I'm looking at everyone's ears. <laughs> We're back to pregame. Back to this man. 
I got a spiky thing in mine. <laughs> I can wiggle my ears. All right, so this man, this, this man's this name is, is falling apart with great rapidity. <laughs> man's name is AJ, it wouldn't be right? a two perception show if it wasn't. The group of you enter uh, to see Field Marshal Croft uh, before her desk talking to this man, and both of them turn towards the door as the group of you enter. And uh, the Field Marshal waves you in as the man folds it up in front of him and bows deeply and uh, in a perfectly trained, traditional noble greeting. Uh, very kind of rigid, exactly down to the correct heights. Not that any of you trained in your society would really recognize such a thing beyond perhaps having... having it looks clearly trained. Mm -hmm. It's not just a guy kind of bowing his head. Or looks he looks smooth. like a chicken pecking at the ground. <laughs> How far do you think a bow goes? <laughs> John doesn't know. <laughs> but uh, he comes back up with a smile as the group of you enter. Ah! Fantastic. These are the storied heroes of, the ca of Castle Corvosa who have risen as a bright shining light in the darkness that has encompassed our fair city. We're storied? We're heroes? I've heard a great many stories of the group of you indeed. A small number of them from my friend Croft here. Um, and he, he, he looks over to her kind of pausing with a smile. It's... I understand it's, it's official capacity, but it's just so strange to address you directly by your surname. Are you sure? And she and she just stops and puts a hand up. Well, uh, kind of also with a grin. Yes. Field Marshal Croft. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, Akuminos. And he nods. Of course. Of course. I have heard a great amount about your escapades throughout the city in the, in the scarce few days. Simple news of the passing of our fair king, Eadred II. I heard that most recently you were for bringing the watch captain back to the castle. Uh, and I'll have you know that's Captain Grau, I suppose, as he smiles back over the field marshal, uh, was a dear, close, personal friend of mine. So I thank you personally for that service. And I, as I'm sure Field Marshal Croft has as well for your service with the Corvelson Guard. Was a, that was mostly nephews doing. I feel like I'm missing something mm -hmm. in this situation. I'm sorry. I get ahead of myself here. Uh, Ariman Akuminos at your service. And I had some interesting information, I believe, given the state of things in Corvosa, that the field marshal here has seen fit to delegate to the group of you. And after everything I've heard, it seems that you are an incredibly fine and capable sort of folk. You were able to return in the space of just a small handful of hours, not just a single deserted sergeant, but an entire group back to the Citadel. And uh, at this point, Croft kind of puts her hands up. Look, as much as I would enjoy continuing this conversation here, I fear we just don't have the time. Uh, Kuminos has learned uh, something that could degrade into sanctions, embargoes, or even possibly outright war with the nation of Cheliax were allowed to continue. Hmm. Oh. And this is something that Corvosa ill needs as well. She certainly has enough problems on her plate, given the state of succession. This problem is a man named Darvain Giosampre. He is an ambassador from Cheliax whose disdain for Corvosa is more than well documented. Even though he's taken great pleasure in what our city has to offer him in his time here, before this recent unrest, he was ready to recommend his government a sanction on trade with the city of Corvosa, perhaps even a direct embargo. Uh, Kuminos here has learned through his own considerable sources that Ambassador Ampere's actual goal is to undermine Corvosa's economy to the point where he can buy up large portions of the city from desperate landlords. 
he sees the city of Kulvosa as nothing more than an economic opportunity to line his own coffers. He sounds like an enemy of the state. Can't we just revoke his diplomatic appropriate privileges and send him back home? Can't we just kill him? Here is the difficulty. Given his status as an ambassador to the nation of Cheliax and one acting in an official capacity for the House Throne, we can take no drastic action. We certainly could not kill him. He would be nothing more than a martyr in the eyes of Cheliax, and his death would serve to advance any tensions among our city, and that's much larger nation, more than we can try to handle right now. Even direct action on behalf of the Corvos and Guard intervening directly could be seen as a misuse of diplomatic protocol. Hmm. He is a protected asset. There's hmm. nothing we can do. Well, there's nothing we can do officially. That's why you need us. Are you saying you want us to leave these badges here and go ask this man some questions? And uh, she looks over towards John. Do you have the shield with you? Do you have? Do you? I don't I've, know how geared I've, you are as you come. I, if we're in the citadel, I most of my stuff is just sitting That's in the bags. I, I keep the scythe with me and the short sword. And she would look over. You see now why I had advised against. Uh, I had apologized, perhaps that, that shield would not bear you any good in your operations this evening. Unfortunately, uh, this is going to be something that is indeed a bit more cloak and dagger. I would advise that you not only hide your badges, but perhaps leave them entirely within your with your belongings in the barracks here in the center. Mm. Say no more. He takes all his and just all. I don't think that's. Uh, mind. That we'll find it later. Don't worry. Anyway, <laughs> what, is, what is in your mouth? Spit it out! Spit it out! Fortunately for us, the ambassador Ow. has his vices, and uh, she nods over towards Akuminos. And he says, right. And his vices are a great many, near innumerable indeed. Interesting uh, a range of pleasures and tastes that our fair ambassador has. The problem being that he, well, affords a fair bit of discretion given his position and the size of his coin purse. That said, I've heard he's been making fairly regular visits to a place up in Old Corvosa known as Eel's End. This is a den of vice run by a very dangerous man known as the King of Spiders. Oh, we met him. No, we no, didn't. No, we didn't. Well, we sort of met him. We met his guys. We his, were on a his ship. His doorman kicked us out. We were doing some investigations. Oh, well, fantastic. Already, already familiar with the place then. Wonderful. Uh, see, what you didn't have, I imagine, at the time was a heavy coin purse. And that's exactly the kind of thing that might aid us in getting the King of Spiders' attention. We're going to uh, hit him what? with it? <laughs> Well, I would probably advise against that, but I suppose after everything I've heard, you are the experts, and, well, you will do as you see fit, whatever you, you see the easiest uh, direct way to deal with things. And the uh, field marshal... Apply force. The field marshal... <laughs> all she can do to not roll her eyes at this. As she audibly sighs, look, I would honestly absolutely love to put powers as his name is. Uh, he rejected his his uh, birth name pretty rapidly after his ascension to a criminal enterprise as he saw it as a source of embarrassment. Perhaps understandably so. Uh, though he is not just a rightful figure amongst the underground of Corvosa, he is, by birth, a well-appointed noble in his own right. What? Uh, Sir Powers, as he is, Pays his vice taxes quite regularly, 
never caused us any direct problems for the city, and it's never given us anything well, direct or otherwise as reason to do anything about him. Hmm. Honestly, truth be told, he keeps his business contained entirely within the ships moored up at Eel's End. And he's honestly one of the always been one of the, the guards least worries. He runs, pardon, uh, pardon the idiom, a very tight ship. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm really confused now. Basically, it's another corrupted man of power. Think about Lamb, but if he wasn't such a dick. <laughs> it's, it's a nobleman who's just decided to do criminal things. So is the, is, is the suggestion that uh, since he values his standing with the government so much that we approach him and ask him to help co-opt our efforts against this ambassador? And Akumanos puts up a finger. Not exactly. Uh, honestly, Powers would never let somebody recognize as an ally of the Guard into Eel's End at all. Uh, but your group here, as the <laughs> Field Marshal Croft, and he smiles every single time he says it, uh, has so rightfully put us a very different case. You are an unknown quantity. You are functionally a group of mercenaries, and hopefully news of your exploits has not traveled that far beyond the bounds of Citadel Bolshevik. Uh, ideally, you could visit Eelzin, secure an audience with the Spider King, find out what he knows about our ambas ambassador, and acquire some proof of any of his illicit goings on in his free hours throughout the night. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, Field Marshal nods. If you can acquire anything solid, anything physical, writing, actionable, secure it, bring it to me, and that we can use that as leverage to undermine any forthcoming attempts that he might have to get Cheliax to cut us off. So now, the King of Spiders, as he apparently titles himself now, may not be terribly willing to part with this information easily, but I'll, supp I'll supply you with a purse to use the bribe him. Remember, <laughs> So Powers is dangerous, but from what you've proven so far, you are as well. If things get violent, I certainly would not mourn his passing. Quick, hmm. question. Uh, quick question, if I may. Um, would my lore underworld help with maybe some ideas how we can bait or like get a meeting with uh, the spider by chance? You can give me, yeah, give me a lore underworld here. That's a pretty decent number. That is 18 on a die. Pay so that, him. Uh, 20, yeah, 23. I mean, besides paying him, but I would I would figure a more proper social approach, uh, like, you know, what kind of deal is he looking for and whatever. Um, but You, but, I suppose, realistically would know that he is... Yeah, he is, he is not Gadron Lamb. The King of Spiders, uh, Sir Manly Powers, as is his full, uh, properly given name. <laughs> is that seriously his full name? Sir his Manly actual Powers. Name. Wow. wow. She forsook near immediately to become the King of Spiders. I can't imagine I, why. I now understand his descent into the underworld. Hmm. Um, our, well, he, he's got a lot going on. Uh, Eel's End is probably one of the bigger... Nexus's Nexi question mark probably nexus. I would assume nexi. Nexi. It's, it's nexus it's, I think it's nexus um, both ways of illicit activities within Corvosa but as the uh, field marshal told you it is 
this is almost more of a mafia situation. Hmm. They can't do anything about him because he doesn't do anything concrete to give them a reason to. Uh, and beyond that, he does manage his own business very thoroughly, hmm. uh, which means he's pretty busy. Hide. Right. So in that case, I actually might have an idea. Right. So I'm I may or may not have an idea of how to get the spot more or less, but definitely the get the money for, for sure. Just is it. Is the money. What is your total that you got with the 18? Uh, 23 altogether. Well, 23, you would know that that is that that last part is is actually kind of paramount uh, to him being able to continue operating Eel's End within the city. Uh, he can't cause problems for the guard. Uh, you would, as a matter of fact, know that Eel's End is probably the worst and most dangerous place that a fugitive of the law could possibly go. Mm. If you want to absolutely guarantee your capture, <laughs> you seek sanctuary in Eel's End because the King of Spiders is having absolutely none of that. Um, mm. So, the fact that you... It, it's, a, it's a difficult line. It's a tough one for sure because he doesn't want to interact with the guard. He won't let you in. Like they won't even let you into the eels at pier if they know you're with the guard. But if you Im can imply that you are trying to help him with problems, or the guard's not after him, but someone else with ties to eels, and that's very much something he could be interested in. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so I uh, flop and basically uh, relays that. Well, basically, think of Eel's End as kind of like a uh, a refugee, you know, a place of sanctuary for those that are up to no good and are guaranteed capture. So, and was that the opposite of what he said? Large, very largely the opposite of what if I just said. If criminal goes there, guaranteed handed to guards. Okay, my bad. I got it backwards. My apologies. Um, because he wants no trouble. That's yes. Flob one. Basically. Um. <laughs> it would be Floblin to tell you the opposite of what I mean. It's dubious knowledge. But it's <laughs> dubious <laughs> understanding. Yelp. Yes. My apologies. Um, okay. And I, what I meant to say then in that case is uh, basically Floblin is explaining to them like, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with guards, more or less for obvious reasons. Uh, he's very, he runs a very tight ship, like it was stated. And, uh, Basically, for lack of a better term, you got to know the right person to, to like at least get a conversation started. And Floblin might be able to uh, figure out a way to wiggle in whether uh, with his, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, politics of the underworld or just old school, like, you know, being tiny and able to fit in places. I... I... I hate to sound like I hate you, Floblin, but I don't trust you talking our way into anything. Most people do not take a shine to a goblin who is 100% on fire 100% of the time well, every single day of the week. No, I mean, no, no. in all fairness, this is kind of my university. Yeah, cut him some credit. Uh, he got us the informant, uh, and he managed to talk to him. I wasn't there for that. I apologize yeah, if no, I missed no, that. No, was in his... ...burning building. Uh, it worked out... Oh. 
Well, then color me wrong, being very doubtful of your skills to apparently have underneath that flaming head of yours. Unfortunately, well, you see, it's it's quite simple logic, really. If you want to be able to like talk to a dumpster, you got to think like a dumpster. Well, unfortunately, that dumpster actually made Arden and I when we were down there make uh, doing some investigation. So it'd probably be best if they didn't see our faces. I I, I can make that happen. Like but like I, you, I I can make sure that, that we're not us. Don't tell me you did something stupid that like goes to the ill's end and then say I am with the god. Uh, not, it's nothing so dumb, but we were investigating down that area. They noticed us, saw our, yeah, our badges. It just didn't work out. We, we, we were looking Please don't for, make me roll any dice. for my nephew. Please roll a die. But, but roll I, me a deception. Please roll a die. I want you to roll me a deception. I, I thought about it. Like, I can't. You, know, you have roll to. Me roll me a deception, check. please. Versus, uh, Hurt that puppy. John's perception DC. Jeez, uh, freaking fighter perception DC. All right. Uh, so I rolled an eight. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. Flash our badges. Flash our badges. <laughs> Who would flash our badges? That would be idiotic. Who would do that? That is, you I mean, you can, why? You can, I don't know why that happens. Lovely is just giving you that look. You can stop now. It's okay. I understand. But um, yeah, we shouldn't we show our faces. No. Make up a story then. They say you're no longer. And if they saw your badges in his honor, literally. This is just like honorary guard badge, right? Like, this is nothing. Just, just, just to be clear, you want me. To lie to them. You don't lie. I lie. Foblin lies. Uh, I mean, maybe I don't I just, really tell the whole truth. Is my story. Maybe we uh, just stay out of sight. Or, or, or maybe know, if, if we just, you know, present the money, they won't care because they. Money talks. I think they will care if they know you was a god. Foblin just said they would care. Uh, I we I, as I said though we we could not be us. I, I can make that happen. You with, can make that happen. With, How do you make that with, happen? With magic. Well, you could just put a mask on. I don't think or they're going to ask you to take it off. They might. They might. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Because we could always tell them no. They, they are across a bridge. Is it a bridge or a pier? I, th I thought it was a bridge. Uh, I thought the, it was a boat. I, th I think actually all of you might be right in this one particular instance. <laughs> all I know is that it's that way. And we should bridge. probably get it's going. A it's a boat. Any Mr. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Uh, Araman Akuminos. Akuminos. Mr. Akuminos. Is there anything else we need to know? How... Uh, well, I'm not sure I have a terrible sight more information about the situation in Eel's End, but I can give you uh, what, what details I have. Uh, if you're going to be heading that way now, I imagine the sun is due to set here, and activity on the pier should be near its peak. Uh, I'm going to be making my way towards my estate up in the main shore, towards Old Corvosa. I'll join you for the journey, if you wish. Um, As a this... matter of fact, I would... Uh, I would be honored... Sure. To get to join these, uh, to, to hear from your own mouth some of the tales of your recent exploits for Corvosa. Oh, sure. If the city had more fine folk like you, I'm sure we wouldn't be in the dire straits we are now. Well, it won't take I guess. Yeah. The problem was it at all. Dude. Actually, last time I had a man join me, I turned him in and got a nice shield out of it. <laughs> then I'll accompany you, at least for the lion's share of the journey, after all. Did, did you go to school with, him, with, with the spider, too? School with the spider? No, I run my own school here in town. I'm a... Uh, Fencing instructor, actually. Uh, oh, that oh. sounds interesting. Many, I never actually learned proper fencing. Many, and I don't believe I quite deserve this title myself, uh, have referred, uh, have called me a master of swordplay, uh, which uh, I accept graciously, but there's always more to be learned in these arts. They said the same thing about my father. And uh, people who live in Corvosa, you want to give me a society check real quick? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm gonna make it. Woo! Not twenty. A uh, three. Twenty-one. Uh, yeah. 
he he knows. <laughs> um, then Reth, you wouldn't have put it together because definitely not something that you uh, would have investigated before. Uh, but once he mentions that, it is absolutely something you would have heard of. Uh, Akuminos here would actually be one of, if not the most storied uh, fencing and swordplay instructors within all of Corvosa, uh, who would have some pretty impressive students under his belt throughout the years that he has been teaching within the city's walls. Uh, it is very possible that this very plain-looking nobleman here, who does not at all appear as such, may be one of, if not the best sword fighters in the entire city. Hmm. At least in the practice and the art itself. Well, you know, now that you're mentioning it, I have heard a thing or two about a particular, uh, I reckon that was you, won't it? And with the natural 20, uh, you would actually... It's the only way I could critically succeed. <laughs> it was, it was definitely <laughs> the only way you could critically succeed. Uh, with a natural 20, you would remember a couple of those very recent protégés of his, uh, if only for the... Absurdity? Scandal. <laughs> involved uh, that had uh, had occurred and uh, the most recent and perhaps the only thing you really would have heard of uh, Akuminos's uh, sword school is that it's not so much a thing in the last little while he had two very high profile clients in the last couple of years watch Captain Grau hmm. close personal friend of his and a woman by the name of Sabina Marin, who you might know as the queen's left hand at the moment. So he seems to produce pretty, pretty impressive results given the station of both of those two figures. But you would have heard of this not because they were particularly impressive or anything, but because, boy, howdy, did we have some scandal going on in there. Hmm. You heard all of this. I got the I got the story from the man via drunken rantings of Grau's interest in Savina in the past. But it out that Kumino's here also quite interested in a an identical prize here. And this all came to a head that ended in a duel. Not between Grau and Akuminos, but between Sabina and Akuminos. This all kind of blew up. They all went their separate ways. It was a big thing throughout some of the nobility for uh, a while. And obviously this isn't something you keep up on, but this was maybe a year ago, two years ago. and Probably the last you'd really heard about his, his uh, school of swordplay. So you definitely recognize him when he gets into that. And you're like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I'll um, not humiliate him in front of everyone. Please humiliate him in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let him save some face. I'll be like, oh, you're that guy. Well, fantastic. Oh. I've heard some lovely things about your school. 
I do take a great amount of pride in my art, truth be told, uh, though I would not call myself anything near a master. It is something I have spent the vast majority of my life towards perfecting and dedicating, and it is all that I can do to pass it on to my fine students. Uh, now, make no mistake, I am not here to attempt to sell you on the art of swordplay, and uh, far from that uh, enrollment in any of my courses. Uh, I simply wish to see Corvosa brought forth to a new dawn, so that we may close this strange and bloody chapter of our history and leave it as a short one. Well, well that's good, because I can't hold a metal sword. Well, I've... I, I, I'm sure this is something that can be overcome. I've had literal children uh, that have been able to bring to quite a frightening degree of competency. Uh, it's a religious thing. Ah, I understand. Again, this is far from what I meant to press. And uh, Field Marshal Croft, uh, thank you for introducing me to these fine folk here. Uh, I believe if there's not much more you need to cover with them. And she and she said, no, I believe that we've cleared our bases there. You have your mission. Find something actionable that we can use with the ambassador. By whatever means you need to undertake. But Edelzind is, again... Uh, impressive and well-managed enterprise. Be safe, be careful. And I cannot repeat more that this is something that needs to be kept very... Your, your connection to the Corvos and Garden to be kept very close to the chest. Uh, the powers will, I imagine, not take kindly should it be discovered that it was my orders that sent you there. All right. Whose orders was it? We just went to just because we wanted to. Anyways. Well, it sounds like this is a journey you want to undertake then because you want to. That's exactly what this is. As Akumano says, there has its most activity around sundown and in a few hours thereafter. It's much more energized during the night than it is during the day, as well, I suppose are many of the sort of activities throughout the city that they want to keep from the light of dawn. Stay safe. Do your best. Of course, we rewarded on your return. Feel free to use, uh, and uh, she turns back and takes a pretty fat jingling purse from the counter and just kind of dangles it a bit to make the sound. Any or all of this to influence her powers if necessary. Uh, this is not part of the payroll you'll be receiving afterwards and hands it to you. And it's a pretty thick purse of 50 gold pieces. Hmm. Can I ask one more question? Of course, it's out of way. I mean, the money's all, all good and everything, but is there anything... You, you seem to know him a little bit, but is, is there anything personal we, we could use to, to pressure him in, in addition to the money? Sir Powers? I know nothing nothing of the man save for the operation he runs at Eels End. Uh, any information on that end, hopefully, Akuma will be able to provide you on your way down there. Uh, okay. Now, wish you the best of luck. All right, then. And, uh... Akumanos a smile on his face. Right then, thank you again, Croft. And uh, let us make haste. If we leave now, we should be able to arrive at the Eels End Pier uh, right around as the sun sets, I believe. Perfect time to make our way onto the pier. Oh, we'll fourth the group of you to make your way onto the pier uh, in an absolutely unremarkable fashion, as I imagine is what you're after. Alrighty then. Um, I got to go back to the barrack real fast. Oh, of course. Prepare yourselves as you as you do see. I suppose I'll meet you outside the gatehouse? That sounds favorable, yes. Right. Please. Uh, thank you, of course, for allowing me to accompany you through the town. Oh, our, our pleasure. Thank you. Um, All right, Sam. Let's make right. our preparations quick. This armor is probably not going to work. Um, 
I still see got the that, quartermaster again. I still got that dirty blanket that you used last time. The blanket? No, or the no. sheet or whatever. Oh, you know, <laughs> well, you, I reckon the quartermaster is still in his uh, in his little office there. We could go get you some nice leathers. Yeah, that get me some nice leathers. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go to the quartermaster. I need to get stuff. I'll come along away. with you. I, I, I will not. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll get a scarf or something from There's somewhere. a conversation about seeing the same faces constantly throughout the day. Oh no! <laughs> it's not the same faces. It's now this face and that face instead of that face and that face. It, it's a little refresher. Although I'm, I'm, if I'm telling you to, to get us through the guards. I, I can definitely put, put you in a disguise that won't, will work. That'll be useful, but probably this, this, this that, armor is very that's, obvious. That's gotta go. Yeah. Um, Actually, I wasn't wearing Sable Company armor when you I went down. Before. Oh, it's wear- st- I still look like totally like a government agent while I wear the Sable Company armor, though. You yeah. don't have, so you don't have like uh, official. You don't have the the issue the regimental armor because you haven't joined the Sable Company. Right, you it's have, painted on. Yeah, you you have like their colors and you have their uh, adept gear, but the difference. Between the guard and the sable company is again the difference with the guard and like the military. Right. Um, though you're not familiar with Fields End, and yeah, sure, if you if you're going for maximum incognito, you could definitely get something less remarkable. Uh, it's far more likely that the guy who runs the boat uh, would see many off-duty sable company marines. Uh, perhaps frequenting his peer than he would want to do Corvos and guards. Got you, got you. Because they're, you're not like there to arrest people. You're soldiers. Right, right. Okay, all right. Now I, I feel better about that then. So yeah, I won't worry. Any excuse not to go see the quartermaster, I will happily <laughs> take. You had me, and I don't have to talk to the quartermaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a, I, I'm gonna try to get like a scarf or something to go across my face to make it. It'll look like I'm a guy trying to hide his identity, but I won't be that guy. Well, it's also. You know, probably perfectly reasonable yeah. given the nature of Eel's End, honestly. Alright, then. I'm just gonna go back to my barrack room, check my equipment, and decide what baby stay home. What all are you bringing, John? 50 weapons, Tiller? <laughs> um, <laughs> probably the side, the short sword, and just the long sword. John <laughs> positive <a> KD. <laughs> Only one in the party. And all you guys. You're still bringing your side? Mm-hmm. That's like his favorite. Mm-hmm. That's just hilarious, though. Like that's the that's like the most distinctive possible thing that you could bring as mm-hmm. a weapon is the size. It's, listen, the the idea is you make yourself stand out so much, no one wants to pay attention to you. <laughs> Everyone's <Awesome>. embarrassed, <laughs> <laughs> so they pretend they don't see. Borrow secondhand embarrassment emanating out from John. <laughs> Why aren't you the one wearing the the eye patch? <laughs> uh, are any of the rest of you making any specific preparations before you head down to Eels End? I'm gonna take my badge and put it on my pillow. Oh, naturally, yeah, the badge. Yeah, underneath I, the shield. I, on I the assume bed. you're getting rid of your badges. I assume nobody is. If not, not bringing them. You are at least not wearing them. I'll just put it in my gun because you're not stupid. Mine's still in my stomach. We're bringing at least one. We'll get floblins later. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually changing out of my cloak and just pu- putting on a regular clothing. And uh, 
he's actually going to ch- change his hair a little bit and uh, actually put on a little bit of druid makeup. Druid makeup? Like, or? like. Symbols of his of his tribe on his on his face because it will d- distract people. He's he's not wearing anything like he was before, and he looks kind of weird. Hey, I mean, weirder than normal. Weirder than normal. All right, fair enough. A higher grade of weird. Um, and the rest <laughs> of you, I imagine, have not been to Eel's End and have no need to attempt to conceal yourselves like the two dingleberries who made their way down there flashed their corvos and guard badges and immediately got run out. I did not flash my <laughs> badge. You flashed your badge by association. I had the misfortune of being with the person who flashed their badge. Do you do you want me to disguise you? Um, probably not right now. I think we'll be um as long as when, I when we get closer. I have a dis- I, look. I have, I, have, I I can do this. Oh no! Now they won't know who I am. You're a completely oh. different person. Who is this man who well, joined you look our group? At that? There's a purple bandit in our midst, but not that purple bandit. He's wearing these very distinctive, colorful suits and chains mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. I wonder who he could be. I the purple shirted eye stabber. That's I it. Think that... <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> oh. You can't tell who I am if I do this. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, uh, honestly, I pass you the other side. <laughs> totally new guy. Someone else. You you kind of still smell the same. We're gonna have to fix that I real don't quick. I think you have to worry about most people sniffing other people. That's kind of socially not accepted. Well, I mean, it is in goblin culture. No, we're not goblins, no, are we? We're civilized people. <laughs> you never know. There could be goblins in well, there. Most of these people in the city are civilized. Well, it, it's civilized. actually, it's it's common practice that if someone comes up to try to sniff you, you're allowed to punch them in the face. I so, like that practice. Do, do I gotta get out It's that actually chart of, codified into the law at this point. But, do I gotta get out that chart of, like, when people approach you and add sniffing somewhere in there? No, <laughs> Probably, but, yes. But, oh, the, the trust chart. <laughs> you get the trust chart again. Fair but, enough. But don't you just subconsciously start to associate people with, with the way they smell? Like, not, like, you're sniffing them, but just because so, it, it happens. What I mean, the heck what are you talking well, about? It's, and, well, uh, to be fair, it's, the baker smells like fresh bread, the produce man smells like fresh produce, but in the city, everyone smells like sweat, blood, and bile. But that's not true. He smells like garbage. Uh, oh, yes, what blood and bile. You you kind of smell like metal and t- t- cardamom. <laughs> and uh, he kind of smells like uh, salt. And uh, there's something Sweats. something flowery. It's <laughs> not blood. I, 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 like, I, I think you might wear cologne. Do you wear cologne? Wait. Can oh, you afford cologne? How would cologne smell like salt? No, that's the sweat. Yeah, yeah. You smell <laughs> like gunpowder. It's not a surprise. I got a lot in my pocket. So, prepared as you're going to be, I suppose. Incredibly grateful that the cologne question slipped by on (laughs) Andy. With perfume. The group of you make your way from the barracks towards the gatehouse. Axe. Armin Akuminos is standing there um, off to the side of the road, patiently waiting for the group of you. Uh, Turns to see you approaching with a smile upon his face and bows deeply once more uh, before gesturing on the road. Very well then, shall we? What, I suppose? <sighs> I must thank you again, not for just your timely arrival to well, this particular outing. Although this is not a, so much you would think a personal service to myself. It, it is a great one for the city of Corvosa. And if the guard and 
the Citadel of Bolshevik itself had, well, no such figures to rely on as the group of you. Uh, I think Cressida would be out of her depth. There would be much that would be able to be accomplished there, and I don't want to see off Mine City any more problems than given these strange times. Of course. Who would be out of her depth? Oh, Cressida, the Field Marshal Croft. I apologize. Oh! Um, she's been a close personal friend of mine for a great many years, actually. You seem to know I say that's a full portion of my career, I suppose. Uh, styling myself as a teacher of sword, sword play throughout the city of Corvosa and a fairly high end and proficient one at that. I need connections. I have little more than word of mouth to be able to reach a clientele that would agree to train with me. Uh, that could afford the coin, anyway. Maybe I'll. May, maybe we'll, we'll get there someday. Uh, certainly, if the watch captain keeps paying us as well as she's been. We'll have to have something to spend it on. Field Marshal. Uh, but I certainly Field did Marshall. not want to join you in this journey to uh, talk of my own accolades or uh, my own exploits throughout my life. Truth be told, I am far more interested in the group of you. Uh, you have arrived out of seemingly nowhere, and to my understanding, and well, uh, what I can gauge of my own eyes, if I'm not being uh, a sight too judgmental, you don't even all hail from within the city of Corvosa yourselves, and yet you seem to have thrown aside near everything in her defense. Oh, it's easy to throw aside everything when you have nothing to throw aside, so... I'd find the folk who make such claims are often discounting a great many things they have going for them in their lives. Like what, exactly? I'm not sure. I haven't gotten to know you fair enough yet. Well, uh, and I believe in our, the haste of our introductions and our travel for this mission, I haven't even quite gotten all of your names properly. You've mine, but uh, please, with who do I have the pleasure? Um, Darren Copperbell, sir. Jean Silla. Mm -hmm. Floblin. Floblin. Fitting name for a goblin as any, I suppose. Reznetsky. Arden. I'm just Arden, then. Uh, it's a pleasure to make all of your acquaintances. Uh, so then, John, if I may, um, what has brought you to Corvosa? Well, there must be something that has dragged you so far afield from wherever it is that you call home. Is this this one step in the journey I'm taking? I was tasked on from my mother's dying deathbed to deliver a ring to my sister. She is in an academy they sent her off to because she is so bright and perfect. Kind of thrilling and evocative backstory, I would imagine. More befits someone like Blackjack or, I don't know, any of the ancient heroes of, he didn't forget, I forgot, the last wall. Uh, <laughs> it really isn't much of anything. It is just a poor boy from a poor village. No family left there, so nothing keeping him there anyways. It's your mother's dying wish. Yes. No wonder you care about that ring so much. Yes, and she was a hag. What? She was awful. Well, that's a terrible thing to say about your mother. Oh, it's a terrible... It's a good thing to say about the mother who is terrible to you. So so she was a changeling? Like, I, like, like a... <laughs> I had no intention to drag uh, dredge up any trauma of your past, John. And I, oh, it's, uh, it's fine. Talking about it makes it feel better, actually. As oft times I find it does. Well, uh, Darren it was. I believe it's no real mystery as to your death. Although it is strange, I suppose, that you've thrown your lot in with the Kovosan God once things are starting to fall apart. Well, I was just a trainee before, well, everything went crazy. But um, I was told to go home. Uh, Sable Company didn't need me, but uh, the guard did. Uh, indeed, the, the queen herself asked me to join. So can't say no to that. So it's true, then. The group of you had directly by the crown you 
be met with the new Queen Iliosa and Kalsa? Indeed. That's an impressive claim to fame that not many in the city of Corvosa have. And for an outsider, doubly more so. Is it really that impressive? Well, it's rare. Well, especially I... with the time, and we're going to be some of the only people who have met her. Well, I assume so. They just took a random riffraff off the streets and said, hey, help the city. Random hey. riffraff bringing back her very precious heirloom. Is that the random riffraff just happened upon when killing a man for revenge? Oh, and they never actually, you know, they never actually asked us the story of how we found it. But what is any of our journeys through life but a string of seemingly random coincidences? That's what makes the journey so interesting and so eventful, isn't it? It's you can never predict what the next day will bring. It's also slightly annoying when you run into a man screaming at you about a Grutus and also a drunk. A Grutus? A Grutus. I don't know what it is. He's I can't a... speak to that one, I suppose, but it's our experiences that shape us, are they not? And you can undersell them as hard as you may, John Tiller, but I've heard, and from Cressida of all people, nothing but awe as she spoke of you. You have profoundly impressed her with your aptitude. I can imagine that perhaps given your very uh, very immediate and sudden arrival on the scene and at her very doorstep across her desk, she may not have known what to expect of the group of you unknown quantities as you were, but you seem to have done damn fine jobs. Well, I mean, can't argue with that. We it, get results. It, it was in the cards. Oh, it's just us doing our jobs, doing our jobs well. Like any hard worker would do anyways. And that's what keeps the city running. Well, we... That's we... what keeps most society running, right? And hopefully, if you should find success here this night, you'll prevent just one more situation from rising and cause the city great woe. It's always interesting to consider. Had you five not been the ones that are here, had you not been the ones uh, to be contacted by Cressida with this particular problem, the ones that had been delivered to me, that had found my information about the Cholish ambassador... You could have lived the rest of your lives peaceably, gladly, having no idea of the crisis that well, may very well so narrowly have been alerted by the hands of some other enterprising members at the hands of the Kulvosan Guards. It's a wonder how many more of these near misses are happening all around us nearly all the time. There's just an entire web of lives stretched out in every direction that we don't touch, we don't even see. But everyone has their own story. That's a dizzying thing to consider, sir. It's like at least one near miss a week, probably. So all Reth is hearing out of this dude right now is, why couldn't that have been me? I could have been flirting with the queen. <laughs> it doesn't. If it's <laughs> off that way, that's not how I'm intending no, it as the fun. GM. That's just how okay. Reth is hearing it. Like, that's fair how enough. Reth is hearing it. The thing he knows about the dude. Oh, that's fair. Well, yeah. but he's... It, his thing with Tina, so... Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, someone said He Sabina. looks like a playboy. What? <laughs> he looks like a playboy. It's the mustache. It is the mustache. <laughs> it's the mustache. 200% the mustache. And, uh, well, anyways. Well, you know, if, I have a little bit of man crush. If, <laughs> if, if you had been the one to uh, help uh, a, a ghost avenge her death against uh, a really minor crime lord and uh, been, been predicted to save the city, then you, you could have been. That's, that's a good point, actually. More this coming from the mouths of near anyone else within the city, I would just assume this was sarcasm, but this 
This no, can't honestly be a thing that's befallen you, is it? No, the ghost was a very real thing. Well, she wasn't a ghost when we first... Well, I guess she was a ghost when we first saw her. I think her. she was. Yeah, that was definitely a ghost. Yeah, it has been a ghost, because then we found her head in the box. Do, Unbelievable. Do, 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 you honestly, do you honestly think that this this group of, 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 of ran, randoms just met without that kind of thing? Prior to this very stroll through our city this evening, I would never have imagined that my life would appear so tragically mundane contrasted with that of a group of, well, as you saw, as you call yourselves, near random strangers here. But hey, these tales you have, you know, just the past few weeks seem to have surpassed near anything I, I've experienced. It's pretty surprising, actually, how little we know of one another. We fought in the same battles together, yet I don't even know what his favorite food is or what he did before he decided to be Sable Company. I mean, that's that's fair, I suppose. I mean, goodness, has it only been a few days? It's only been a few days. Well, if I had to risk a guess, I'd probably say it's something to do with Chicken. I would... His offers, the the thing about the... I mean, to be perfectly honest, it happens to be whatever's hot and on my plate at the moment. I'm not a picky eater. He's got the points with that. He's 16. Well, as much as our experiences may shape us, they're certainly not shackles. Past does not bind us to a specific course. Always free to change our heading as we see fit. The Herald cards don't say that. Talk to this one. Not really, actually. I'm pretty sure that... Once, once you set off a- along your path, you can, uh, you, you can deviate a-, a little. But uh, I, I think you made your, your. There are some choices that, there, there are some choices that change you, and you can't ever go back. Fate is ironclad, except when it's not. Well, that's I quite s- a rigid interpretation of fates. Perhaps one of the most so I've ever heard. I was about to say when she read us the hero cards earlier, it was very vague. It's, it's not about the, the, the hero cards. It's about the fact that there are some events in your life that, that drive you down someplace that. You, you can't come back from. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess death. This is very permanent. Until it's not. What? What? You haven't heard <laughs> stories? Yeah, I mean, undead well, stories. We did literally talk to a ghost. Well, she yeah. was still dead. She wasn't living and breathing. It was uh, just a ghost. Mm, undead get kind of spooky. Well, Imagine. yes, it's a ghost. It's terrifying. At this point, your thoroughfare is passing through the university dr- district, uh, angling off towards North Point at a bit of a fork, uh, one road heading down towards North Gate itself, and one forking off towards Main Shore. Uh, and as you approach this intersection, he kind of gestures up. Well, here, I'm afraid, is where our paths part. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in the Eagles, and I'm afraid... Uh, I apologize to say that I'm afraid there isn't really much more that I can tell you about the things I've discovered. I know... Precious little about the underlings of Eelsand itself, only the connections that this Chelish ambassador had to several of the uh, activities you have there. Though, if I could recommend perhaps just a small bit of it, be this admittedly far from my area of expertise. This king of spiders that runs the place. Uh, sure, a purse and shiny coins will possibly do you some favors to get you in the door and perhaps buy a bit of his attention. A man like that won't so easily be swayed by coin. It may be worth some investigation to learn what you can about the man, about the man behind the crown, uh, perhaps an Eelsand itself, uh, how he runs his things, uh, what particular skeletons he very m- may very well have within his own closet. That said, John, this road that you've walked, and the one that's before you and the group of you, I imagine that you're outlook on things will improve given time. Uh, you're young enough. And he looks over at Darren. Not as young as some, perhaps, but 
You do truly undersell yourself. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, I've heard only a fair handful of things about the group of you, and you're the only one who's spoken of your adventures negatively. True, you're the only one that's lived them, but perception is a great amount of things. You have a very optimistic way of looking at things, don't you? I'd like to believe I do. Huh. And I think it's, well, if not an easier way to live, certainly a more pleasant one. That sounds fair. Anyway, thank you for escorting me throughout the city and allowing me to join you. I wish you the best of luck with this adventure. And if everything I've heard is true, I know you'll do myself and Cressida, as well as the city of Corvosa, proud. T take this. It was really nice meeting you. Is it a rock? Yes. <laughs> Takes it. Looks at it. <laughs> How strangely fitting. Well, I thank you, Arden, for this gift. <clears throat> now, wherever the evening takes you, stay safe, my new friends. That's thank you, sir. And, uh, bows deeply once more before taking his leave. Uh, again, this fork, the opposite, di uh, the direction due east, whereas your road north past Main Shore would take you to the furthest pier of the Narrows, and back were two of you once more to Eel's End. It's very disappointing you get a shiny new shield, you can't even use it. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's fine, I wasn't. Fork. What's <laughs> <laughs> the fork? But I suppose it is there. We should take our midstream break before we actually arrive at Eel's End and begin our investigations to try and find something concrete that we can use to pin down this chelish ambassador because he sounds like he's kind of a dick. Mm. And mm. Corvosa does not need extra national problems when <laughs> they already have enough of an issue with the succession of the crown. Thank you, everyone, for being here, for hanging out, for supporting us. We're going to be uh, maybe 10... 12 minutes standing up, stretching our legs. Feel free to use the bathroom, refill your drink, get some. Let's go too hard. We're just approaching Eel's End. We're only barely to the hook. We're back. Welcome back, everybody. And before we get back into things, there was a hero point that I did not see from Kaga for. <laughs> 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 He's <laughs> like uh, my cat and food. Such a weird little grabby hand. What's <laughs> the octopus? Use this to keep espousing. Or is chaos. it a squid? It makes octopus. me not want to give it to him. <laughs> now here we are. Thanks, Kaga, for all the subs too. Yeah, thank you for all the gift subs throughout this. Hey, he threw one too. I got this card back. Daring attempt. How hard could it be? I, I actually use that to great success when saving the noble. I I don't know if I just felt it in my soul. I have this curse where I can see five seconds in the future and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> uh, as I picked up that card in handy, I was thinking, I wonder when we're going to get the first person who just gets the same card back again. It's a one in six chance, because uh, assuming six of us get the cards at a generally equal rate. Mm. And then, of course, it was that card immediately, and it was also you. It's a good card, how though. everything works. Um, so, but briefly before we continue, we know there are some little weird audio issues in here, and it's because the computer is very angry. I don't know why the god of computers is very angry, uh, but it is decided, I don't know if this is a recent Windows update or whatever, that it would like to max its CPU at random now, uh, which causes those weird little audio stutters, which unfortunately can't really fix mid-show. Uh... But hopefully it's not too terribly intrusive. 
As we had left off before the break, our group was just making their way to Eel's End. And as you uh, cross the easternmost bridge of the Narrows and then make your way around to the furthest pier, the group of you arrive at Eel's End, looking very different um, than the two of you would have seen when you arrived at like 2 p.m. the other day. Uh, the pier, as the sun comes down and sets, is much more well lit. It's uh, it's nearly as illuminated as if it were daytime throughout much of this uh, central walkway and the platform around which these five ships are moored. We described it last session, uh, but briefly for the three of you who have not seen it, you would be seeing much the same thing. The eels end itself, this massive vessel in the center, flanked with a pair of smaller ships moored up on either side around this wooden platform out in the river uh, Jigare. Now these lamps that are lit up everywhere are no mundane, simple torch sconces or lanterns. Uh, it is a bunch of works of iron and glass uh, carved into the shape of large, very spindly-legged spiders perched upon posts and pier supports, uh, casting their illumination throughout the area. Uh, lanterns with coiled metal eels wound around them hang from the edges of the decks of the ships and many of the larger uh, posted, uh, posted mooring supports at the main platform of the center of Eels Inn, some 60 feet down the pier. There are far... Are we beyond hope? Okay, I was like, it sounds like we've lost the ability to stream, but, uh, oh? I think we might be, I think we might be beyond hope. Uh, it's not a bad stopping point. If, if it no, it's is. okay, if it's, it's all right. I don't want to, like, the CPU maxing thing is going to happen every three seconds. I'm not talking about, like, the creaking noises. That ship's creaking in Sirenscape. I'm talking about, like, the, the thing hitched, like, four yeah. times in yeah. five seconds. Uh, <laughs> um, how's the CPU right now? Okay, well, we'll keep going for now, but we might, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. We'll keep an eye on it. It's not a thing. It looks like it's getting better. Um, one second, where was I? There would be a great number more people on this pier than there were when the pair of you had arrived the other day. Uh, as there is not really like a crowd. It's not a thick throng, uh, but a few dozen people on this central wooden platform, as well as many more moving about the decks of the ships around the Eels End. Uh, as a matter of fact, the lower deck of the Eels End itself, with all the tables and chairs laid out, as you've seen before, are now uh, near full with a great number of carousers gambling, playing dice games, drinking, and just dancing around near the edges of the ship itself. Uh, this music that drifted out from the ship on uh, the left, as the two of you had first approached, is much louder now. A, uh, a full accompaniment of a string uh, fiddle-led orchestra emanating out with this very kind of high-energy jig wafting from the ship, uh, clearly labeled on its side as the Twin Tigers, uh, while the rest of the ships don't produce nearly as much sound. This almost still kind of lower 
music wafts out throughout the whole of the pier and even to the shore nearby, uh, lending a sort of upbeat and very energetic and happy ambience to the whole area. What is unchanged is the pair of guards posted at the front of the pier, who are now a little more attentive at their post at either side, uh, watching comers and goers into the pier, uh, just looking them over, kind of looming over the folk, uh, many of them, many more of them commoners, but no very small number of them, uh, fairly dressed lower nobility, making their way to and fro from Will's End. I, 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 I kind of had an idea. Did it, Darren? And this is like out, out of earshot of the guards uh, before we get too close. Remember how they told us that, that there was that place where, you know, you could have, you know, a good time with, with the woman folk? Uh, y- yeah. I mean, if, if we want to get information ab- about the eel, may- maybe, you know, patronizing that place and, you know, I, giving I them don't know, think that's, a, that's a good time. A good you, want and, to, and, you want to send Darren, our young... Zared into I, a brothel, I was flushing actually, crimson. I, I was actually I think thinking, it would be good for them. Thinking you two, because you look like the most. He's been here twice, and you got immediately recommended to hit up the brothel both times. I know <laughs> what I look like. <laughs> um, well, what are you doing? You're you're not there yet. You're just asking. Because I mean, we we need information before we go see him, right? I don't think, for what it's worth. I don't trust the group of us to mess this up and end up getting in some kind of conflict. Would y'all like me to be nearby waiting? Like, you're not coming on the ship with us? As in, like, I'll go find a nice tall tree or a bush or something, and if something happens, bring it up on the deck. <laughs> it is a ghost. Are we haunted? <laughs> is this, are we just haunted today? Yes. We, we might stop be. before we start getting like slowly killed off screen from weird things. Playing phasmophobia. If now. you're gonna have problems, just bring it up on the deck, and I'll help take care of it I from a safe distance. I feel more comfortable with you close. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm not going to stop you from doing whatever that, you want to do. That's well, so sweet. Well, honestly, if you think about it. He's got a big gun, and he's probably got a very large amount of range. So it's probably smart for him to be in the bush or something. Oh, is this d- not a safe town? This is, not, is this not an unsafe side of town? It's more like if y'all get into trouble, I'm going to be more useful to you with distance between me and them than I am up close. I don't mm-hmm. have... I don't plan on getting in trouble, though. We, we could bring him a gift. I mean, to be fair. Uh, looking at f- the other three people with us. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it could be right now, fair, but... I mean, how are you... Uh, You'd only be good if we were able to get out onto the deck, right? Otherwise, you, we could be an under there, and they could just knife us and throw us in the river, and we'd never know. Well, at that point, I reckon that wouldn't be my problem, would it? He's got the point, sir. Come I with us can't on the come boat. in there and rescue you. Come I, with us on the boat, please. Fair I enough. Beseech I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that... that I don't... That we should... We should we, we, we've got two choices here. We can go as as ourselves and throw a big bag of money on that table and trust that... We are smart enough, uh, clever enough, and uh, able enough to convince him with this bag of money to do what we want, which I don't think is a good idea given the abilities of everyone as I have seen thus far. Uh, or, or we could go get some dirt on him from you know the the, the prostitutes who work for him, and the guys uh, uh, looking and and maybe trying to buy those prostitutes, and and then go into uh, him. Uh, I I'll I'll try the 
I'll try the dance boat. I, I think I'll let you guys do the the, the I'll prostitute. I'll the gambling boat. over there. That's oh, oh. actually gamblers talk a lot. G- especially gamblers and, and dancers are good too. And yeah. This, uh, this casino on the on the deck of the Twin Tigers, where these two uh, swap buildings that have replaced any real decks that had turned this thing into this strange barge. Uh, we much more obvious at night, uh, with light emanating out from them and it being clearly visible even from here. Uh, what's going on within? It's not exactly sheltered. Uh, as a matter of fact, it seems like it's almost designed as the opposite. The fact that you can peer in and you can see the games taking place from the shore uh, sur- surely is no accident. The exact opposite of what you're seeing upon the House of Clouds and its large single building, which uh, draped up, and you can even see from the lanterns the gentle smoke kind of wafting up around from all the various incense burners on the deck entirely closed off. Uh, once people walk up, up planks and the walkways to those doors, uh, they are completely out of sight. People over here think finding a tree or a bush nearby when the the, uh, the sandbar is right over there behind the brothel boat. <laughs> like, I have a 150 foot range, everybody. Yeah, you could, I mean, the, I don't think you're finding a tree or a bush out here. On it's top of a building or something. But you are uh, on the side of Old Corvosa, which is uh, above the Narrows. You don't just have the bridges at walkway level. This is the part where buildings have kind of been like built and sort of stacked, almost ramshackle atop each other. This is uh, beneath the shingles over here, where there is this kind of mishmash of walkways and rooftops and things uh, extending a decent surprising and somewhat uncomfortable and unsafe looking distance above you you could definitely head up into the shingles and find a position pretty much anywhere i think i'm more likely to die climbing up there than going in that boat just climbing <laughs> there are death spiders well you've heard a little well you're I'm not from here but about the building me. collapsing on me you've also probably heard a lot of various stories about things in the shingles uh, shingles from nests of sturges and bloat flies to uh, stranger sorts of things, uh, like weird, long-armed, almost humanoid creatures, be they demons or whatever, just sort of lurking about the eaves in the shadows. Uh, the shingles get a reputation. So I think we just, you know, the best plan is just to walk forward confidently. Uh, yeah, the dancing girls sound good. Walk forward calmly and carry a big gun. I, I was, like it. I feel like everyone's saying different things. We all say different <laughs> things, but I'm just going to walk forward confidently. A lot of confidence. I mean, he's got the right idea. Might as well. You must just find information Wait. as you go, as in, I don't know. Uh, fair enough, then. Yep. Find the a ball pl- of people. So, yeah. Gribby, you just kind of join on the people coming and going from Yule's end. Uh, walking towards the pier, kind of nonchalantly, uh, but as a group of you approach, one of the guards sticks a hand out in front of Reth. Uh, I just physically put a hand on your chest. The hell is that? I just kind of motion at the arquebus on your back. Well, it's sort of like a spear, but reaches farther. I don't think you'll find much use for it in the end. So you're saying I can't bring this in, but he has a scythe, and that's okay? The scythe's fine. The sword's fine. That's a damn ship's cannon. If he was in needed cannons, we'd have our own. Well, you're not wrong. It is pretty big. You're welcome to leave it with us. 
Absolutely not. Bit of a grin. Can I see a vantage point that looks like it would be good for Reth? You can see like a hundred. Because <laughs> you've got pretty much the whole of the shore in these buildings built up. Um, there's a shot of this in our intro of the Narrows, that these things go up like three and four stories of interlocking kind of ramshackle rooftops and offset levels. Derek, you can sit any number of places and oversee all of Eel's End if you wanted to. Are you telling me you're trying to have a man part from a gift from his dear great dead grandfather? Oh, no. No, I tell you what. I'll go put it home. I'll be back. Just kind of pushes you back away from the pay. Ooh, I'll, I'll come with you. And as we're walking away, nah, I'll be fine. I'll just be right up. And I'll point like in front of me where they can't see it. Yeah. I'll be up there. I mean, I could just, I could, I could just take it and swim over there and then pass it to you once you're past. Oh, nah, they'll have a hiss fit if they see it. It'll be fine. You sure? Yeah. If anything happens, bring it on deck. All right. So, Reth makes his way up into the shingles, finding himself a nice little concealed location to uh, absolutely like actually get a chance to use the way of the sniper, <laughs> which is an opportunity that arises once in a blue moon. Literally once this entire campaign. It is a very urban campaign. There's not a whole <laughs> lot of big sniping opportunities here. Uh, but as this all, like, uh, save if they go below decks, uh, you have a good vantage point over pretty much all of this. Uh, you can see from a bit of an elevated position clearly the decks of all five of the ships here, as well as the whole pier and platform of Eel's End itself. Definitely taking the time to put a suppressor on while I'm up there. <laughs> Screw out of his five-pound clay pot. <laughs> uh, but I imagine Darren, in short order, comes back to join yeah. the rest of the group making your way down the pier, sharing that uh, Rhett's going with Rhett's plan. That's fine. That's good. This is good. Um... This is good. All right, this your is, show, John. This is this is this is good. You know, I don't think this is my show, Baldwin. This is your show, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I am completely out of my element. This is more people than I'm used to being around. Are you sure you don't want to say this is good a few more times? This it is, it might. It's, it's calming me down. It's kind of like a mantra: calms yourself down. I, I, this uh, is good. Okay, I'm gonna right. go over there and just. Gamble, Flubber just kind of stops you there and is like, "Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'll do some of the talking, but uh, remember, you know." You just out, be confident, and just look like you know what you're doing. I'm going to go over there, far away from you, and do some gambling. <laughs> he just goes up to the Twin Tiger. Like, Don't like, spend too the, much! I have the gold if you come get me. Alright. <laughs> he walks up to a blackjack table. 50 gold. 50 gold! <laughs> <laughs> We're about to double this. We're going to make it a mess, man. <laughs> right. Um, Take me to the high rollers. Yeah. <laughs> I want the good tables here. Uh, so... As you make your way up, uh, taking this first gangplank to your left to this barge with these two structures upon it, uh, you can see as you sort of head up on the side, uh, head up onto the side here, um, there are clearly quite a few guards sort of scattered throughout uh, the two that are posted up at the front pier, always there. Uh, moving up onto the ships, it's cl it's clear enough to pick out uh, the ones that are. Obviously, part of the great end operation. Uh, they're all dressed near identically with their fairly heavy, dark studded leather armor uh, with saps and manacles on their waists. Uh, and all of them show a similar disinterest 
in the festivities and revelry that's going on around them, uh, making their patrols around the decks of the ships and keeping the area just under watch. Uh, but as you make your way into the uh, Twin Tigers itself, there is, boy, just a lot going on in here. Um, this is not a very fancy casino. As you make your way in to the noise and the source of the music becoming readily apparent as a small stage sort of cluttered off to the side sports this small band that's playing this uh, again jig is just wafting out throughout the whole area it's less organized like it's not it's less very much less dealer at a table we can't fix it our cpu keeps maxing uh it's very much like less like dealers at a table running things and many more small player run games that are absolutely just everywhere throughout this uh there's dice games card games uh you do see something interesting off the side across from the band there is a relatively wide table uh kind of a lot like the one we're sitting at honestly maybe like boat haunted for it's just i it might be is it worth calling it and like just just picking it up next week because I'd, I'd rather like stall this and do it later than have a show that's like impossible to listen to because the audio is breaking constantly because our CPU is having problems. I would say that because it's happening so consistently. It's like it's definitely getting worse. Yeah. It, it's happening like more and more consistently. Let's call it here at a good stopping point. Get like get to a good stopping point. Describe everything. Pick it up well, next we session have, after we fix this. Get, getting into Eel's End, I suppose, is a fine enough stopping point. It's yeah. definitely not what I wanted to do. Um, what do we got? Like an hour and a half. Well, we can. I'm fine to keep going. Dry. I'm okay with it, going. Is there? Uh, it's not you guys. <laughs> I know you are. We Thank want you. to. Like, yeah. I don't is, have any I also would like to keep going. Is there any way we could just Let's, turn Sirenscape off and try to go without the background? The, well, that's doing it to our voices too. You just don't hear it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the audio is is. But I'm wondering if without breaking. Sirenscape pressuring more, whether or not it might Sirenscape's get better. Sirenscape like no overhead. Sirenscape, yeah, Sirenscape being louder does not change the CPU. Got it. Uh, what we can try is what we're gonna try. Um, we're gonna restart everything um, and see if we can get anything to work there. I can't guarantee we're going to come back, uh, but we still have like a, a normally an hour and a half till we normally end. So hopefully, if we give everything a big healthy restart, whatever weird Windows problem is happening will go away. And we can come back and continue our adventures. So, yeah. hopefully, we'll be back in a few minutes. Right. Hi. It's been yeah. so long. It looks, it looks good. We uh, gave everything a nice little reboot. I don't immediately hear any massive disasters. You just missed the chance for a really good joke. What? Just do the intro to the stream again. <laughs> just now oh, you suck. You suck. <laughs> Is it immediately mm. disintegrating into madness once we actually go live? Cool. Alright, so we have a problem that I guess we have to solve. <sighs> How does it look? For the everyone else point of view versus just the raw number. Well, I mean, it's the audio is the problem. That's not. How does video. it sound? Play sirens, kid. Turn the wind tiger step back oh, on, and we'll see. Pull the yeah. lever. Here comes. We'll find out real quick. 
That's fine. That's, That's dice. Cards, right? Yeah. Cards, yeah. dice, dice. It's sitting Coins. Now it's down to I mean, I don't need a. I don't need you to list numbers at me. It doesn't help anything. Um. Well. I don't is, hear. I don't... We definitely have a huge problem. Um. Better than it was. But if it's working, I just need it to work for like one more hour is the ideal. We got this. Believe. Use the believe stone. Got to find the the hook. I I got it. Nick's got the believe stone. I don't hear any horrible explosions yet. Let's go. Power. I think we're good. Well, we're going to try it. We're going to send it. We're going to see what happens. Send it. Let's push Um, it. So... Before we had our technical reboot there, uh, we were making our way into Eel's End. John had immediately forked off to head up to the easternmost boat, the boat with the two buildings. The boat is a big barge on your left as you're coming in up the first gangplank. I said all of those things, and we still ended up on the wrong boat somehow. Um, (laughs) And uh, heading into the floor of the gambling hall here. You'd seen the band on the one side and uh, through all of the dice and card games happening throughout the building. Across from that, you see something certainly a little interesting, my man, not from Corvosa. A fairly long table set up, one of the few larger sized ones in the area that's maybe about 10 feet long, four or five feet wide. It's a pretty chunky table. Uh, And there are two people standing at either end of it uh, who appear to have a couple other men uh, that are wrapping around a thick leather cord binding their left arm to their side. Uh, And these two people are at either side of this and a crowd of onlookers around this, uh, John being a moderately tall person and having not descended down to the main floor here can kind of see over are tossing uh, some copper and silver pieces onto the table in front of them, in the middle of which is a single straight steel dagger stabbed into the wood upright. This is interesting. I'm going to just kind of elbow my way in and just find a random dude who looked like he'll talk to me and just like, what's this, what's this game? What are we playing? Over there. Nice. He's mad lads, they are. What's the rules? Tell me. I don't want to oh, know. Rules. I think it's hardly any of them. Look, and uh, kind of motions over as he's just sitting in the corner. He's not currently in a game himself, just having a drink, enjoying the madness. Uh, a pretty decent pile of coins has been tossed on the table now. And uh, someone that appears to be kind of officiating this has gone to the middle and put his hands up. He's got his hands up and he's going uh, down, almost like conducting. And the whole crowd around him is shouting, one, two, as he throws him down. Both these people, again, with their left arms bound to their sides at either end dive up onto the table and immediately lunge out for this blade in the middle. And the cheering erupts out from the crowd here as these two start going at it. Um, The knife kind of gets knocked over towards the man on the left, an older, uh, very portly, balding man who just kind of quickly snatches for the handle of the thing, while the much thinner, kind of almost a rat-like face. Little wisps of long whispers patched throughout his chin. Uh, Eyes kind of go a bit wide and with one free hand starts just scooping and trying to 
swipe as many of the coins you can in his direction as this larger guy picks up the knife and just starts stabbing down at the other guy's arm. Uh, all of this again to the uproarious cheers of the crowd gathered around the table here. I ain't much to understand. <laughs> you stab at the other guy? You try to grab coins? Oh, you get a bunch of money or you force the other guy off the table and the pot's all yours. Oh, there it goes. And uh, as, he, as he motions over, uh, the bigger dude gets his knife through what looks like a little bit more than just the sleeve of this guy's arms. He squeals out in pain and with this dagger in the wood, pulls himself further up the table and just shoves his, uh, his, his whole shoulder into this guy, almost over on top of him, where he leaves the knife there and just starts pounding him in the back of the head with his free hand. Um, uh, the guy is sitting there, he kind of shrugs. Like I said, mad lads, absolute insanity. It's, it is absolute insanity. How do you get in? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Walk on up and off, I imagine. Good coin, if you're gonna win anyway. And uh, at this point, with kind of a streak of blood across the table, the larger guy has just cast the other uh, smaller, thinner lad off the table. He sprawls on the floor, uh, kind of flailing. His, his other hand still strapped to his side. He can't really move. Uh, blood kind of running down from where he'd been stabbed on his right arm. And this, uh, this big dude pushes himself up with one arm, kind of gets up onto his knees and pumps his fists up in the air, the cheers of the crowd here. Uh, whatever, everyone who had pitched these coins on the table around, uh, divvying out various uh, amounts to those who would, uh, one, whose who's chosen champion had triumphed here with a large share of the pot being left for the man himself. A large share of the pot ending up looking like it's Maybe four or five silver pieces. I'll share the pot. That he gets off. That's um, still a decent chunk. Well, that's a pretty good amount of money for five seconds of effort. It is. For man came out unscathed, too. <laughs> hmm. Are you? <laughs> Look. Just get the knife. You get the knife first. Everything's dandy. That sounds fair. I'm good. I'll come back to this. I kind of want to. I, I just got here. I was walking around. It's new in town. I went down and you find yourself in Eel's Inn. Oh, well, that's a recommendation of a, of a guy I met. Well, I wouldn't talk to that guy anymore, were you? What? Do as you please. I'm gonna, um, before I do that, that is on the list of things to do for the night. John's um, like, oh, I got John double homicide tiller's like, well, I'm gonna give me some of that. I can just stab people and get paid for it? Um, Again? I'm gonna... <laughs> Again? Again? <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna go some find a find the table. It looks like I have the empty seat that's Dylan cards. And so as you're working your way around and you're looking for a table to get in on, the rest of you outside on the main platform for uh, between all of the ships here. Um, two of these ships are very quiet. So the two that would be the nearest on either side of the twin tigers here. The one to your right, which by far has the most muted lanterns. Uh, has is still a traditional ship and has the uh, doors to what would be its uh, inner hold of the main deck just wide open. The deck actually carpeted uh, with a fairly thick matted rug uh, filling up a largely stripe of this main deck from the gangplank towards this front door. 
the other ship around behind the Twin Tigers. But a very different kind of smoke just sort of twirling its way out to the various doorways and portholes around its side. Uh, that one labeled the Dragon's Breath. That one the less visible in the lantern and torchlight now, but the almost entirely red-painted hull of the ship. Hmm. Well, uh, I got a gut feeling that says we should check out the, the red ship over there. We could do that. I mean, honestly, if these people all work under the spider, they might actually all know something about him. And we should probably just, you know, pick some ships to go look into. Maybe we can find something out. Uh-uh. Maybe letting John hold the purse and then go on the boat that's all about gambling isn't a good idea, but it's done now. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, I Maybe one of us should go with him just to make sure he doesn't do anything uh, utterly foolish. Well, it's John. He's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. He wouldn't do anything too crazy. This is also the same man that gets stabbed quite a bit by, uh, you know. No, he stabs other people. As long as his blood doesn't get up, he should be fine. As long as no one goes and picks a fight with him, like pulls a knife on him or anything, it should be fine. I mean, do I have to remind you of the orc and the fish, you know, chum and whatnot? Okay, pulls a knife or throws a bucket of fish paste at him. What are the odds? I, 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 Looks up, sees him in a weird fight with a knife. <laughs> oh no. I mean, does that. <laughs> now he's from, trying to stab people for money. From the main pier, uh, only three ships are accessible. Um, the one, the, the Golden Hawk on your right, the Twin Towers on your left, and the Eel's End before you. Okay. Uh, the Dragon's Breath and the House of Clouds are both only accessible through gangways off of the decks of the adjoining ships. Okay. Uh, there's definitely not quite enough space, even around this 30-foot square pier, for five boats to all be moored up directly to it. Makes sense. Well, I guess um, I'll go check out the the ship that's not the Eels in, because Darren's still not feeling too comfortable about walking over there. Right. I guess that leaves me at Eels End. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to check out the House of Clouds. But but first I'm gonna I'm gonna change for for a minute because because I, I I don't think I, I wore the right outfit for this. I think they have rooms in there for that. I, I know I'm I'm gonna go use one. Where are you going? I'm going to the House of Clouds. Oh, okay, you're going across the. Uh, so I guess you guys are both be going across the Golden Hawk and then you'd be uh, continuing onward to this back gangway to the House of Clouds. So what's the and, uh, what's the Golden Hawk about? No, uh, the Golden Hawk uh, looks very nondescript. It looks like a very plain ship, uh, but there is. It's the one that has the <clears throat> thick matted carpet leading up to the open doors uh, to the main hold. Okay. Uh, and you can see light coming from inside. Uh, and as you approach this doorway here and Arden forks off the House of Clouds, uh, you step inside to a dimly lit in- interior uh, where they have clearly constructed a counter into what was once either just like a common hall or a sleeping quarters. Uh, a large counter into the side of the door uh, behind which there is a... Very small, uh, very elderly gnome hmm. uh, with sort of bushy, curly, almost like Colby's, uh, but white hair, uh, just sort of almost bouncing across his head. Hmm. Uh, his brow so wrought with wrinkles uh, that it has almost entirely occluded his eyes as it kind of sags down a ways. Uh, and he stands around out to the side of the counter, as the counter is uh, a fair sight taller than him, mm-hmm. only standing maybe about three and a half uh, feet tall. He looks towards you. He's going the other way. Evening. Looking for a night threat? A nice wrist? A night threat. Golden Hawk. You in a bunk? Oh, in I, I, I've never been here before. Oh, this is where you can stay. 
you can stay here. And uh, he sort of looks off to the side, and uh, as, he, as, he, as he turns his head, you can see that he's he's got a bit of a beard, but it really seems to only want to grow up like one side of his face. Ah. And even over there, it's some degree of patchy. Uh, looks back over. Yeah, it's a, a brief breath and reprieve from the goings on of Eildind. Ask no questions, you take no answer. Okay. Have pieces, have your, uh, a couple copper pieces, and have yourself a place to stay for the night. Or the day, or however long you're willing to pay for it, really. All right, all right, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds like a good deal. Let's go, uh, let's go get a room. Um, I'll, uh, is there one on that side? And he uh, sort of totters back uh, behind the counter, and you can hear like some jangling of coins or keys or, or something. Uh, what now? Sorry, can't hear you great behind the counter. I'll lean over the counter. <laughs> that side, over there. I'm trying. I'm gonna. I want one on the side of the ship that faces the eel's end. So, looks. I suppose. The view. Is there a view? The view is on the other side of the pier, I guess, if you want to look at barnacles. Mm. I might place the question here. Um, and uh, he pulls out a small kind of moldy little ledger. And uh, name? Don't got to be your real name. It's something I can use to record by. Oh. Oh. Oh, I should make something up. Uh, <laughs> Shadowhawk. Wow. Yeah, that sounds cool. He sort of looks over at the uh, placard right inside. This is Golden Hawk. <laughs> right? <laughs> it just came to me. <laughs> Inspired. <laughs> right, Shadowhawk. <laughs> In his thing. How long you cut him some slack? I'm going to get you a bunk for the night for a counter piece. Done. Um, so he looks up at the counter. Right, right, right. Um, is it the whole room, or do I share that with other people? You ever been on board a ship before? No. It's a bunk. And uh, he takes the copper piece uh-huh. and uh, puts it in a small pouch next to are uh, on his hip and then just kind of sort of totters off almost not quite a limp more just like a weird little waddle as he makes his way towards the stairs uh, in the back of this uh that head down below dicks uh, it looks like a gap that's been hacked in the floor uh that they made for these staircases and then just kind of paneled over with planks of wood hmm. to uh, cover the exposed bits of lumber it looks a little bit nicer for the effort taken but it was clearly not a terribly professional job and he leads you down to the lower deck uh where you can see again clear stubbed little posts where walls and separations have been taken out and the whole lower deck of the golden hawk having been transferred uh transformed into one large very dimly lit chamber with a huge assortment of cots uh lining both sides and then in a row down the middle as well uh, think like an airplane but for sleeping ah and, and he takes over, and you can choose whichever one you fancy, honestly. Whichever side you like. Okay. Okay. All right. This is how this works. All right. All right. Awesome. I'll He's just, already making his way back upstairs. I guess <laughs> I can just come and go as I please. Yeah, it's probably fine. There's no locks or anything. Okay. All right. I have reconnoitered this boat. I, I know things about this boat now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could leave a bag of money right there on your, your sack, your cot. No one would touch it. 
And as uh, as Shadowhawk is down here doing his <laughs> reconnaissance of his, the Golden Hawk. His first name is Rage. He's Rage Shadowhawk. Rage Shadowhawk. I have no first name. <laughs> okay, we have Sir Manly Powers running all of this. So I mean, that's the funny name convention, I suppose. I mean, uh, when you're a teenager, aren't you always supposed to pick a funny, like, edgy name for no reason? Rath, as you're kind of trying to look over this, some of your members are a little bit hard to track in the crowd. Notably, John and Arden don't really stand out that much. You got Purple Armor, Sable Boy, and a this thing, um, <laughs> which are pretty easy to keep track of. Uh, I'm but, looking for the scythe. Not the yeah, man. you would you would see the scythe briefly make its way into the gambling hall, um, and you would see the purple armor head up and below decks of the ship across from it. Uh, you see your party rapidly disappearing from view as they appear to be uh, doing as they're doing, fanning out of these various boats. Where's Floblin heading? Well, <clears throat> um, I saw that uh, Darren went off to what looks like the uh, the golden. Uh, well, I'm sorry, what was it called? The Golden what? Hawk. Golden Hawk? Golden Hawk, thank you. Um, I guess, uh, what's the center ship uh, on the map? That's the Eel's End? Yeah, I'm going to go on that one. Okay. Uh, and, and that one is a deck that is covered in chairs and tables and uh, around the walkways on the outside. Uh, various assortments of drunken revelry and dancing going around. Uh, during the night, it is almost just an extension of the pier down below. Gotcha. Uh, very much public. <laughs> I hate both of you so much. Uh, the lower deck clearly totally open Mary and available to anyone who wishes to pass Mary Minton dance. Or the NPCs. You know what? Uh, as... As Floblin, you know, climbs on board of that ship and sees what's going on, he's, he's a very stops. charismatic little goblin. He's going to, you know, kind of shuffle, you know, do a little goblin shuffle onto the dance, onto the, uh, onto the shipboard, kind of, you know, you know, occasionally be like, how's it going? Got a mug? I'll take a mug. You know, just kind of doing like, the, I hate, I hate the brain of stuff. It's almost like the Spider-Man 3, like. He is there. He is doing the <laughs> goblin disco action going on there. Yep. Pulling and, the Elvis energy. But as, as I'm doing this, you know, even though I'm putting up a very convincing uh, <laughs> goblin dance here, I am keeping my eye peeled to see if I can spot any what I too know of uh, that could possibly be like a way to get uh, a hold of um, the Spider King or so, any of his uh, associates, for lack of a better term. Up on the middle deck would be a doorway uh, fairly ornately carved uh, that clearly looks like it leads into what would be the captain's quarters on a traditional ship. And you can see that... <laughs> you can see... I missed uh, it, but okay. That it was one of, of fairly simple paneling um, that honestly less visible in the daylight as the door is set a little bit back into a frame... Uh, more visible when it's lit directly from the front by these lanterns, okay. uh, has had somewhat crudely carved into it the large shape of an eight-legged spider sprawling across the two doors here, its legs reaching out to the far expanses of the frame. Um, its head with two huge, almost curved, like, pincer-like mandibles, not mm. so much spider fangs, arcing near up to the top of this uh, gently arched double doorway here. And up on that middle deck, 
there would still be some people that are hanging out having a good time, but you would see a concentration of three or four of what are clearly the eels in security. Uh, the guards that are posted outside the door and just kind of hanging out at a table nearby it. Uh, but that is still, still that, that deck itself appears to be totally public. There's still people going up there and doing things, just not... Right. Okay. So, upon seeing this, uh, I'm going to continue to McGuire my way up there and uh, just kind of as I get closer and closer to like the security team and the double doors and whatever and... Looking. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking, but as I get closer, I'm going to slowly switch from like, you know, Goblin Mumbo to, to, to Kronk. Okay. Oh, hold on. <laughs> the mon the monster Yep. So I'm going to eventually. Uh, what are you trying to? What are you trying to sneak? You trying to just like blend see, into the crowd here? Kind of. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm already short goblin. as is, but you know. I guess that's fair. Make me a stealth check. I actually upgraded my stealth you with bright red goblin. Yes, I mean I figured that would the be the smartest thing to do. The you look, the less people want to notice you. Orange is the new black. Ooh, I rolled a nineteen on the die. Red is the new completely invisible. That is going to be a twenty-eight. Altogether. The closer you are to ultraviolet, the more that it's difficult so she can for train. people to see you. Light passes through him. <laughs> he doesn't no, register on the human eye. <laughs> no, it was pink. No, it's a ship. He's just a moving uh, light source. That is true. So you, you have lived your whole life in the back alleys of Corvosa, and you are fantastic at this. And just you are very crowd, easily like... able to just sort of dip into the crowd here uh, against all logic and reason and expectation. <laughs> Floblin's actually great at this. Uh, meanwhile, Arden would have continued past as Shadowhawk went to uh, reconnoiter <laughs> his vessel. Arden <laughs> changes, changes my play. finest moment. Open <laughs> my secret lair. <laughs> so, uh, but before Arden go, goes toward the the cloud, the, the 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 cloud place, he knows that he's in the wrong outfit. He's he's in the wrong persona. This this isn't who he wants to be if he's going to get on that ship. So uh, he he's gonna he's gonna duck off into the shadows real quick. I'm not. Sure, where you're gonna do that, but uh, in the water, there are. I mean, the Golden Hawk is probably like the least packed deck. It is uh, up on the upper deck here where the bridge heads across to where the House of Clouds is not really like in the shadows or anything, but there's less people. It's we can find a secluded ish corner. Th there decks we go. Of ships. He's, 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 of he's, he's not gonna get naked, it's okay. Okay, uh, he's It'll whip it out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> this is the wrong. Or go that. into the house of clouds. Yeah, <laughs> you have to go in there for that. So uh, he'll uh, reach around into his bag, and uh, because he's a prescient planner, and uh, he knew he knew that this uh, that this persona would be needed. Um, he uh, his pants are fine, so he's gonna pull out uh, a white billowy shirt. Uh, that he's going to replace uh, the one that he's wearing. Uh, leave his uh, druid chain on. Leave the uh, the pe the one really nice piece of design on his uh, face, but kind of wash everything else off. Kind of billow out his hair a little bit so that it's uh, kind of looking more uh, black and, and shiny rather than cut back. And then the piece de resistance, he's going to pull out a purple velvet cloak with a silver clasp and uh, with his boots and his pants on, which were fine, and he's going to stride out 
looking very happy with himself, looking ready for a good time, and march toward the House of Clouds. Did, did he wash his face? Oh, yeah. Okay, a little bit. Spit sign. <laughs> oh, it's not rubbing out. He... <laughs> He's got to change before he goes into the brothel. Yeah. He needs to impress. He has to impress the, the people. He has to impress the people that you pay. No. <laughs> to act impress. All the people who impress. <laughs> Gotta leave a good impression. You do. Arden, uh, as you make your way through this ship you've fedora. seen before with the, uh, uh, again, these kind of pale... Um, uh, but still colorful drapes and shades and ribbons drawn across its neck and uh, across the entryway of this main building. Uh, you can see that other than Floblin, nobody actually just went up the main bridge to the Eel's End. Um, there's nobody out here on the deck who isn't kind of quickly, quietly making their way in or out uh, from the House of Clouds. Oh, I'm not hiding at all. But <laughs> Literally, everyone around you was like, hmm, or just, hmm, and you're just pent cane walking through the front door. Um, the front, I'm here to spend money. The front of this uh, would be... <laughs> I've got money! <laughs> Pimps don't scrimps. He has to be proud about it. The front of this uh, structure here, the single, like, uh, longhouse almost that's built upon the deck of the House of Clouds, is actually open, though. It's not extremely visible from a distance because the deck is much dimmer intentionally. Uh, the gangplanks on either side are well lit, but aside from that spillover, there's nothing else lighting up the deck proper. Uh, in lieu of doors, there are a pair of thick, heavy lavender silk curtains just draped over the entryway. And uh, mm. as you step inside, you see that this longhouse is laying about with overstuffed cushions and fine furnishings, sofas, uh, pairs of chairs sit around small tables. It's a bunch of individual different settings all throughout, uh, but they're all very intimate. There is no, like, large group area here. Clearly uh, they were expecting me. <laughs> I see you bought a completely different personality. <laughs> and throughout this, this, you can see a variety of employees. Um... <laughs> Men and women both, though it would probably be dramatically majoritively women. They're fully aware of their traditional audience here. Um, wearing kind of similar outfits of this pale lavender that matches the, uh, the curtains that led into this. Um, they're in a variety of different styles, but they're all fairly light, almost kind of like toga-like. Uh, or robes wrapped around them, many of the men entirely shirtless. Uh, and the inside of this whole building is similarly well appointed, almost kind of a smoky haze of sweet-smelling incense with tapestries across the walls and rugs laying throughout. Uh, but you enter, and the one figure clearly stands out from this, which is an obviously elven woman, uh, with even for her kind very sharply, almost curved back, pointed ears. Uh, her sort of 
dark blonde hair pulled back into a small tight bun at the base of her skull. Uh, and she's wearing a much more elegant, multi-layered gown. And uh, she simply smiles as you enter and gestures towards the chamber. Hmm. Alexander Harbor is here to help you experience what other women only pray to experience. Point me in the direction of your most beautiful women. I believe that honor lies in the mind of the chooser. Uh, any here garbed in the same mauve are welcome to your choosing and welcome to be yours for the night for five silver pieces. Excellent. This is a gold piece. How much silver is that again? I'm new uh, to your shores. That would be five. That would do. <laughs> well, uh, I'll take ten then. And, uh, were you handing her two gold? And, uh, wait. What do you mean by ten? What are you, hand what are you pulling out? Two, two gold. I want ten women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, two With gold. Ten just just like... <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> she takes the two coins from you. Uh, should you so choose for these, you may take your choice of any pair of your liking throughout the House of Clouds. Please, feel free to take your time to make your decisions. Feel free to converse, to enjoy the taste present here. And when you have your selections, uh, please come back to me and I will have the arrangements made for you. Excellent. Their futures have been decided. He'll say pulling out the cards and shuffling them like this. He kind this. of looks at them and you see her gaze kind of wave a bit of a smirk for a brief moment, but she holds it. Whatever the fates have chosen for you, my dear, you may take the reins here at the House of Clouds. Yes. And he'll march forward. Darren would be dead. <laughs> Darren would be dead. It's a good thing no one has heard Darren's nickname. <laughs> I'm just going to knows what a brothel is. Flawlet is just utterly... Come, my flowers. <laughs> but you would be free um, to peruse the room here. Uh, obviously, you have been very obvious. Uh, there are several other customers throughout the area. Uh, some of them who have taken a seat with a few of the staff of the House of Cards here. Uh, engage in some brief conversations and, and as you are walking away, another man who looks not so much like a dock worker as he's not particularly well built uh, he doesn't even look to be terribly old, uh, maybe around John's age, comes up kind of uh, sheepishly leading a much taller uh, half-elven woman uh, back over towards the proprietor here at the front as he fumbles around with his purse and, and tries to uh, find the coin. You would be free to peruse at your leisure the options available of the House of Clouds. Excellent. He's going to go to the bar. And uh, which of my fine flowers would bar. like really some, a bar. It's, well, it's... somebody to order drinks from? Presumably, not not so much of that, really. It is this, this literally really just women only. Thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, if you want a drink, you can. Each boat is the Golden its Hawk own or shop. the Twin Towers, but the Twin okay. Tigers. But this, I brought this my is, own wine. It is really just. It is here for a single purpose. <laughs> find your match and do business. Your, do your business. Yep. 
Uh, but as you peruse here, back over at the Twin Tigers, uh, you would easily be able to find yourself in a, a couple of simple low-stakes dice games at some tables here. Um, if you're looking to actually play. Yeah, we're looking to play. It's the best way to get into information is by playing with people. They like to talk when they, when they play. Fair enough. So you're sitting down uh, with a couple of dock workers, a uh, pair of women, uh, one of which is kind of doing this chewing motion constantly. Not sure she's actually chewing anything so much as that's just almost a take. And the other one sitting back who's gone through at least three mugs of ale in the five minutes you've been in here. Uh, as well as a gentleman who's kind of clearly stands out a bit from much of the crowd here. He's not a nobleman by any chance, but his clothes are a bit nicer. They're not like finery, but they're well enough. Uh, they don't look, it looks like he can afford to at least have them decently tailored. Uh, as there, you sit around and he's currently got this cup as he's shaking up a set of dice or whatever it is that you're doing here. All right, Zen. Um, what are we playing here? Looks interesting. It's... And as he dumps the three dice on the table as they roll and tumble, and watches it come to a stop. Nothing, apparently. Uh, and the, uh, the one docker with the mug slaps her hands down and slides the little heap of coppers on the table over towards her. That was nice, yeah? I'm in. Sure. I don't know the rules. I don't know how to play, but hey, let's do it. About as, as, as game of chance as they come. No worries. Nearly zero skill involved. So she uh, holds this mug up. You can play it as drunk as you please. <laughs> I wish I had a mug or a toast to that. And she just kind of looks her out and like motions towards a uh, Vidrani man who has a almost a very vibrant, garishly bright red outfit, uh, including a turban in the lower half of a scarf just drawn around his face. You can really only kind of see his nose and his eyes and brows. Uh, who is traveling around with a tray of mugs, uh, his garb matching the red, uh, a brighter but somewhat matching the red paint of the ship itself. I'd flag him down then. Like, I want one for everyone here around this table, not the whole boat. That's a lot of people. I don't have that kind of money. Hopefully I'll have that kind of money when I walk Jack away, though. cracks a smile. Well, I guess that makes up for it at least a little bit. All right, so then. Can you tell me something? I just got to you, and I'm seeing so many... He just hands the cup and the three dice to you. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I got my three dice. Uh, you're buying, I'm answering. <laughs> oh, no, the dice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're just playing. I just put it in the cup, and I start shaking. It's like, so who runs this whole this whole ship thing? I, I've, I got pointed this way to a man I met on my way into town and it sounded fun. And this looks like a very big operation. Oh, and he, 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 motions, uh, he motions to the waiter as he comes around and uh, starts laying a uh, variety of mugs on the table. He's like, oh, Ra Rajik here, I think. And uh, the, the man nods, I uh, to your service. Is there anything I could provide for the group of you? Uh, who Anything that you find lacking? Oh, no, I was just wondering, like, you run this whole this whole operation. Oh, with my brother, yes. We are the twin tigers of the of the self named ship. That's amazing. So what about the other ships around here as well? And uh, he is as he goes to turn away. Uh, well, uh, quite simply, 
a quick walk to the southern ship, there is the uh, dragon's breath. Oh, the dragon's breath, the red one. His thing matches the dragon's breath painting. He has the. It says it's bright red, and I figured it matched, but it actually doesn't. He's painted like the. He's dressed up like the other ships painted. Uh, the dragon's death. Uh, dragon's breath. If you're hoping to uh, forget about the coin that you may unfortunately lose here tonight, or across the way at the House of Clouds, if a different vice is yours entirely. Uh, out here to the other side, across this pier, is the Golden Hawker. Fine night's rest. And one of the safest you'll find in Corvosa in the wake of the king's loss. Uh, best of luck. May Besmara rule in your favor. And uh, it turns and pulls himself away to head off elsewhere, but not before dropping a card behind him. John Taylor doesn't have three. Let's change that. Mr. T, 1976, nice. the card for you, my friend. Thank you. There we go. You can find cards everywhere nowadays. Good. <laughs> I, how are we getting the same ones? <laughs> you need to shuffle it, maybe? Well, I have been shuffling but I mean, it's like the same ones that we had. It's going to be the same ones. We've seen them all, but they keep happening. That they go same to the same people. person. Mm. <laughs> Talk and roll again. It's returned to you. Well, no, that one originally went to me. Oh, you traded it to him? Yeah. yeah. I decided it would be better use on the man who stands in front of me. Well, you get good use of that. Yeah, and yeah. it's come back to him again. It loves him. It does me. Relationship. I love it. There you go. It helped me murder a man. I mean, didn't, <laughs> didn't you give me... The, the one that I used on the diplomacy that I gave you. No, I gave you that, that. one. No, I, you gave me that one. I gave yeah. you trash. So, <laughs> and then I gave the trash to her. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you roll? Uh, what did I roll over here? I rolled a four, a two, and a two. And as you kind of point that out, oh, I hope you've got a deep purse to be uh, dealing with the coin and luck like that tonight. And uh, you would have put, uh, they would have had you put a pair of coppers on yeah. the table for your roll. And uh, they just scoop everyone's bet into a pile in the middle. This is not gone, though, just in the pot. Uh, pass it along. Pass it to the next person. That's the lady who's in there just kind of looks at you. I'll, I'll be the third person at the table. Thanks the three dice. Mm. And that becomes a one, a one, and a two. Wow. Great numbers. See, I don't have to worry about having good luck if that's bad luck. And the uh, <laughs> and the, the girl next to her has been drinking, lights up again, and puts her hand in the pot and scoops it all over. And it just trickles down the line. I love it. I love all of you. You're the best. I make more money here than I do with the docks. Offer <laughs> mug, slams it down, and grabs the next one that you'd bought for the table. Uh, she, she takes the dice. Oh, I've got to roll these. It's coming to me for free. Uh, puts her couple in there. Everyone else puts everyone puts two more coppers back in. Ah, it's pot. And uh, they all go together into the middle. She passes the cup back along to uh, to the guy, my turn. Who uh, I guess Derp can be. So uh, he's looking towards the cup. But he looks over at you. I take it you're uh, white. You have the coin to buy rounds for strangers. You hardly know. So you're either after something or. Very much not from here. And he uh, rolls it out. What's he got there? 651. 651. And uh, he flips another copper into the middle and slides everything over to you. Oh, that's a very fair assessment. <laughs> Everyone's taking my dice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair assessment to make. I'm not from here at all. I was getting a lay of the land to know who to make friends with. You know, a stranger in town. I made a terrible friends when I first came in. One Gadrian and Nam. Four, four, and one. Four, four, and one. Um, well, I just is uh, two up from you. All right. I. 
What? I do thing. Like, um, two copper in the pot. Yeah. Yeah, you put the, yeah. two more in the table. Yep. Uh, pass it along. The woman just kind of chewing here. And she doesn't say anything. So, real quick, every time someone rolls, everyone puts two coppers in? No, that was just him. Okay. Yeah, everyone puts, whatever the pot's gone, everyone puts two in. For okay. The next pot. Um, this guy kind of nuts. Understandable. Ah, uh, well, this is where I spend a fair side of my free time. Well, here at the House of Clouds, if I got coin, and uh, she rolls and puts another two copper into the pot as well, uh, mm. which I think brings up like a fourteen that's in there before she passes to the drunken girl, and she just kind of takes it. No, that'd be twelve because there's four players. Eight. Oh yeah, two people have had that, in, so twelve. You're right. She takes it. Well, it's been going great for me tonight. Seems that way. Come here a handful of times, but on free drinks from new friends. And ooh, uh, ooh, ah, <laughs> uh, it's split three ways. And uh, that twelve goes out four, four, and four to everybody but her. Oh, that's how I talk about it. It's how it always happens. I'll tow it back in. Keep it rolling. And <laughs> Uh, five three three from the dude. Into the pot it goes, and the pot begins with eight more as he uh, slides it back over to John. So you wouldn't know anyone in town that can. <laughs> Here, just just use it. <laughs> <laughs> just keep stealing more and more. <laughs> Leave the goblins dice alone. You wouldn't happen to know any friends I could make that are easy and trustworthy, would you? That's uh not entirely sure the angle of that question. Oh. Fair. I'm trying to make friends. If you're friends. buying drinks, I'm sure you can make fast friends with pretty much anyone here. It's the trustworthy parts that's the hard one. Anyone's a friend as long as there's drinks flowing. You're in a gambling hall, mate. I don't know if there's a whole lot of luck for that. What'd you get? 441. 441. Uh, two win, pass it down. Pass it down. This is a fun game. This is a fun game. Ah. I should have brought my friends. Finally. And uh, 651. She reaches out, puts her hand in, and takes the whole uh, ten for herself. Hang it back up, flipping two of them back forward, and handing the thing down to the drunk girl. And uh, we should guy... play this over dinner. <laughs> we should. Huh. Um, the guy, the guy nods. Uh huh. Indeed, I suppose. Well, <laughs> Ander, puts a hand out to you, John. Nice to make your acquaintance, John. But truth be told, I'd be glad to be friends. I'd be fast friends with anyone buying me drinks while I'm <laughs> losing all my hard-earned coin. Right. Well, then I'm gonna flag someone else. So I'm gonna flag the guy back over and buy another round and get up. Like I'm, think I'll be done for this game. I terrible at dice games. It turns to be. And the the girl rolls out, and I'm great at this. Three, four, five, and before it's even in the pot, just takes the whole eight of them. And I, I will slide six of them back over and just those two are mine. Back in. Yeah. <laughs> I buy another round for them and just push the one I didn't drink over to her. I was like, you keep, you're doing really well. You, I hope it lasts you all night long. Oh, it's been going great so far. And uh, just kind of adds that to her herd of mugs that <laughs> she's growing on the side of the table here. So over at the Golden Hawk. With Shadow Hawk. Shadow Hawk. <laughs> has scouted the common room. And nice. as you look around, there's maybe a half dozen uh totally unconscious folk spread kind of throughout the chamber. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them at the further end away from the stairs. Uh, one of whom uh, you initially think it's like the, the, the creaking of the ships is echoing a fair bit harder under here, but it's actually just like a weird, almost tinny snoring 
uh, rolling out from an old woman against the starboard side about halfway down the deck. Hmm. That hmm. sounds like the creaking of ship's timbers. Okay. Shivery timbers. So, all right, well, that ex- explains the entirety of this place. Um, I, and I'll just look around and make sure it is, in fact, the entirety of this place. Uh, looking around... You are a Sable Company Marine. I'm sure you'd be familiar enough with the ship to know where the bilge is. Um, there would be, uh, behind the staircase in the stern of the ship, uh, a large sort of pumping mechanism next to a hatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that given the size of the ship from the outside and their positioning, you're almost certain it's just a bilge pump in excess okay. uh, for raking or if something goes wrong. Uh, but otherwise, it looks like the ship has been fully and completely gutted to be this massive common room and sleeping chamber here, and there really doesn't look like there's much else to see down here. Okay, uh, well, the innkeeper mentioned that um, I'd have a great view of the underside of the barnacles on the dock. Um, are there, in fact, portholes There would be here? portholes. There would be portholes down both sides of the ship. Uh, the ones on the port side looking down the narrows, giving, well, a view of the narrows, and the one on the starboard side, <laughs> just a few inches below the wood of the main pier itself. Uh, and maybe a foot and a half above the rolling water most of the time, giving you a nice view of the green slick growth up the support beams and the aforementioned barnacles clung to all sides of it. Neither side is a particularly impressive view. Right. Um, but uh, that's an, an egress that's uh, no one's watching and is kind of undercover. Um, so Shadowhawk! For all intents and purposes, we'll be staying the night, uh, but um, I'm going to try to open one of the portholes and kind of squeeze out and let myself into the water. Okay. So uh, as you push these open, they look like they haven't bothered to seal them, really. Uh, But the metal hinges open with a creak, to which you immediately hear a drunken call from his ship. Shut the hell up, mate! And just be like, as it opens, almost instant reaction. Hmm. Do we have snoring? I, was, I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> Sirenscape, man. Jeez, I thought thing. that was derp. <laughs> <laughs> what, farting and synchronizing? No, like, like, the, like his character like falling asleep watching stuff out on the boat got real bored. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but you would be able to fit your way out of the port hill here, and it would let you out beneath the pier. Um, which is not a perfectly constructed pier. There are some gaps in the wood. You can certainly hear uh, the revelry and the creaking of the boards above and bar- uh, uh, above and around you. Mm-hmm. But most of the sound would just be the water lapping against the outside of the golden hunk itself. Okay. Uh, just gently lower himself into the water. It'll splash a little bit, but it's out of sight. I'm going to leave the porthole a little ajar in case I have to get back in that way. And I'm going to swim um, along the eel's end and try to get kind of towards away from where there's talk, and maybe I can overhear something or find an easy way in, because I'm not going to be able to talk to anybody and get any information out of them. Okay. So, uh, fortunately, all these ships are permanently moored, so the water here around the Eel's End is actually perhaps some of the calmest in the entire Jigare River, as any currents or motion is broken by the hulls of five permanently moored ships Mm. that are all pretty securely stapled together at this point, uh, allowing you to, honestly, I'm going to make your own athletics check, uh, very easily move your way up alongside the port side of the eels in itself. Now, uh, this ship is significantly larger than the other four, uh, and portholes that it sports would be several feet 
up above the water, uh, almost damn near level with the deck mm-hmm. of the Golden Hawk. And there would only seem to be a few of them spread down the uh, fore half of the ship. Uh, the stern half having virtually nothing. Uh, and even up top at the captain's quarters, well, where almost certainly there would be windows, as the view is a large part of the appeal traditionally, uh, it is just solidly paneled wood. Hmm. Uh, absolutely no windows or means of ingress. You can see the stern of the ship in any way at all. Okay. All right. Um, so um, I'll, I'll move further south so that the House of Clouds is firmly between me and the rest okay. of all the observers. And as they're pretty securely attached together, you can very easily just kind of stick yourself down there. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to uh, see if I can hear anything. Like, just try to pick up conversation or hear if I can maybe, like, and trying to get away from the area where there's people congregating. And just maybe I can I can eavesdrop and overhear something that might be useful. Okay. Fair enough. Um... So we'll keep on circling here. Rhett's still just watching all of this. We'll finish up this side of the table. Uh, Floblin, as you are directly above this, unbeknownst to either of you, uh, <laughs> on the deck, basically directly above Darren. Uh, you're blended in pretty well. No one really seems to be paying you any heed or any notice whatsoever, really. What are you doing as you wait here? You're largely doing the same thing. You just. I mean, as I stated earlier, I was, you know, dancing with the crowd and then you know, putting my hair out and then, you know, right. progressing into a sneaky yeah. So you're way. like up on the middle deck yes. here, just yes. sort of nonchalantly making, causing no notice. Yes, I am trying to get, um, I guess, as close as to where I possibly think the King of Spiders is, uh, as far as... Probably like, the door with the giant spider card. I mean, obviously that door. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I mean, how many guards do I see in front of that door? Three? Three? Okay. Um, oh, I can see it on the map. Um, One I'm, of them, like, leaned up against the uh, the wall next to the door, arms crossed, uh, talking to another two that are seated on the two sides of the table nearest the doorways, uh, the doorway with the carved spine around, the three of them talking about something. Would I be able to hear what they're saying? Absolutely. Um, the guy's listening, and as they're sitting at the table talking... Um, it's two women at the table and the guy up against the door. Oh, and the the girl, uh, the first girl just kind of shrugs, uh, shrugs, sort of disheveled, red hair. The only thing that really distinguishes her from largely the same armor and outfit everybody else has. I don't know. I, uh... I didn't... didn't super care for it, really, was the thing. It's... And uh, the girl next to her, uh, the woman next to her is a bit larger with darker hair and uh, a thick ponytail that drapes up from almost the crown of her head and hanging down to about her shoulders. Loudly sighs, rolls her head back, and rolls her eyes. And the, uh, the red-haired girl says, No, 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 no. Hold on. Let me explain. I watched the whole thing. I'm telling you, I saw the entire performance, and it's not a fault of the, the actors or the direction or anything. It's just this, it's just, it's the, the story itself. It's, it's utterly unbelievable. It makes, no one would ever do anything like that. Nice. It's, <laughs> and the guy with his arms crossed kind of shrugs. Suspension of disbelief. I mean, you can't. It's not, it's not real. <laughs> and she goes, "I know, I know, but the suspension of disbelief requires it. Like, it's got to be, like, there's got to be an anchor of logic there, right? It has to make the the smallest amount of sense. It's got to be something for you to latch onto. And we have, when you have your characters, your your main characters, your primary cast, making ridiculous decisions again and again and again. It's it's just man, this just got meta. Like, 
Okay, so <laughs> as as this conversation is going on, uh, Floblin is going to uh, try not to be rude and interrupt. However, he's going to... <laughs> be rude and interrupt. However, he's going to, like, casually invite himself into the conversation. Like, Bond, mate, uh, I'm kind of new to this area, but and I've been looking for some new, uh, like, plays. Is that what you're talking about? And the woman, uh, the red-haired girl just kind of shakes her head. You don't want to. And the the guy just kind of nods. Aye. Uh, there's a troop down in a, traveled into North Point. They're putting on their shows for another couple of days. It was uh, Larry Stodger and the Room of Things Unknown. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. I'm dead. Tell me, what's that about? Uh, <laughs> I'm, about I'm still dead. Larry Stodger <laughs> in a Room of Things Unknown. <laughs> Dude, if you've never been in the room, oh, it's about a boy. This uh, this this stodger. He, uh, is a, I don't know what they call it, a sorcerer or something. He's got just sort of magic natively in his blood, and he's uh, trying to go to a wizard school to learn to control him <clears> like a, like a proper mage. But it's just something natural to him. And as you know, it's a it's a and uh, the bed hair goes like it's it's and she swears things. Like that. <laughs> no, it's absolute garbage. Doesn't mean anything. It, it, it's totally. Unbelievable, utterly underwhelming. Don't do it. Two well, out of ten. Well, if it's one thing, I can definitely tell you being a goblin is uh, I know garbage when I see it. So I am definitely interested in seeing it. Please tell me more. And as he's trying to like <laughs> coax them into getting more and more comfortable, he's trying to like use his uh, very intriguing goblin perception oh intriguing goblin perception okay to uh see if he can notice any body language or like see like okay is there any keys hanging off their belt or anything like that that he can be like oh maybe i can you know you know swipe that up later or is there like any like broken windows or like loose floorboards that, that i can slip into later or you know he, um, he's he's trying to think of every way he can yeah, possibly. The, the flagship of Zen does not appear to be any level of decrepit that uh, would allow an entire goblin to fit into it easily. Um, but make me a perception check when you're here talking with them, and they seem far more amicable than what you two would have found during the day, as they are perfectly content to just talk to this weird goblin that walked up to them, uh, at least humor him. <clears throat> um, my perception was a nine. <laughs> Well, looking at the door, uh, even just, just taking any effort to look it over, you can see it doesn't appear to have any lock itself. Uh, the, do the double doors of this chamber uh, has large wrought iron handles, uh, but doesn't even appear to have a latch so much as just like the heft of the door, or perhaps like a bar on the inside may keep them together. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and they seem, they, they are a little bit grooved into the floor so that they would not open any further out onto the deck than what they already are. Uh, gotcha. But there's no mechanism between the doors <clears throat> that would even be so much as a regular handle. Uh, so there's nothing that would be locked. And similarly, the guards that you're looking over don't seem to be carrying anything other than uh, saps on their hips on one side and manacle, a pair of manacles on the other. Well, upon that, you know, as you know, I, they go back and forth with the ravings of the play and whatever. Uh, Flawblane is like, well, I definitely appreciate your input. Um, uh, I have one last question for you, if you don't mind me helping uh, helping me out here. You know, just uh, being a goblin that's new into the area. Guys, if we could do anything other than talk about this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I was I was told that I would uh, be able to find some possible help with a problem if I came to this area, and they told me to look out for uh, a marking kind of similar to that one, and I point to the door. Would you happen to be able to uh, introduce me? Maybe a diplomacy check. Which I am totally not trained in, but... Uh... <laughs> I'll make you a blind trade. You know what? I'll you... take it. I don't have anything I can help. You can use that right now. What's this do? He's daring attempt. Reading frantically. Oh, okay. Uh, what it says is uh, select one untrained skill you, that you have, which you are now trained in it. Uh, and what else does it do? If, if you, you succeed, you keep it for one minute. You keep trained for one minute. You remain trained in diplomacy. Okay. If it happens in combat. So trained, if you're completely untrained, you're level three. So by the way, I don't think we actually mentioned on stream, but they rested after that last evening when they got Captain Grab back. They are level three now. Um, You would add five to your total because two for the train modifier and three for your level. Um, I don't think I don't think it's gonna matter considering what I rolled. Uh, you can also re-roll. you can swap your other two. <laughs> the world of possibilities before you, Flopman. <laughs> this is true, but I really like well, these you, two cards. Yeah, are you? You don't have to use daring. Yeah, I know. Attempt, are you? Uh, I'm you. still using daring attempt to help. Okay. Get, I mean, get that plus get five. Plus five. That's something. So that's a total of eleven. Good <laughs> card. If I can pick it up, right? It goes in the dust. I tried. Um. Level 11, as you kind of turn the subject back to anything pertaining to Eel's End and their operations here. Oh, um, the guy at the door kind of looks down. Ain't, another, ain't nothing in there that's <clears throat> likes you, Goblin. Oh, well, I, I'm i sorry. I, I, well, I mean, I, I, have some, I have some gold if that helps. <clears throat> Just kind of look down. Hey, you got plenty of places to spend it here in Eel's End. Right. Well, if if that's not the case, uh, who would I speak to about possibly being introduced, or maybe somebody else that could help me with the problem that might not be. And now him? the reaction is turning to something that's a lot more like what Darren and Arden first. So he kind of <laughs> chuckles, and the the two women at the table sort of turn to each other and, and share a smile. He just shakes his head. All right. I guess I can say to some more goblin, piss off. Well, that was quite rude, but I appreciate your time nonetheless. And he just kind of, you know, and then he just kind of shimmies back into the dancing <laughs> crowd. <laughs> Dances his way back into the crowd. So with that unfortunate <laughs> attempt, uh, Flubble at least tried to figure out some bit of information. So He's, you're up on the deck and you yeah. down below, mm-hmm. as you're trying to listen here, um, you're perfectly positioned to hear things going on on the middle deck here. Uh, so you would hear a bunch of inane conversation about this some strange play, and then you would hear what you're pretty sure is Flobblin doing all of that. <laughs> yeah, he did about as well as I would have done, so I can't really be given too hard a time. Uh, but as he makes his way away from that, you hear uh, the man's voice again uh, as it kind of carries down the gap between these two ships to mm-hmm. the water here, uh, much more clearly than you would really expect. What all the gods was that? A goblin with hair somehow redder than yours coming off <laughs> with the king of spiders. What could a goblin do? Find a better dumpster. Um, hmm. 
Well, that's true. In- <laughs> I, it was informative. I learned intelligence. And you hear the uh, you hear the girl, uh, the red-haired girl. Not that you would know that was who it is. Because yeah. again, I don't know. Maybe he's looking to find somewhere he can find get a dog to eat. That's a goblin. It is a goblin. Do goblins eat dogs? Mm-hmm. I'll remember that from next time. They hate dogs, don't they? He didn't seem to really hate. No, he really hated that dog. Actually, now that I remember it, <laughs> he did hate that dog. Meanwhile, Arden has had. For anyone who doesn't remember, goblins have a racial weapon called a dog slicer. And it's horse- literally called a dog slicer and, and a horse chopper. They hate dogs and they hate horses. That's uh. Horses are much. The hate is mutual. A horse is just big dog. <laughs> yeah. When you're a goblin, <laughs> big dog Very with big like dog. armor feet. It's like the worst possible dog. They're immune to caltrops. <laughs> they they aren't actually. <laughs> Ironically, no. <laughs> horseshoes. They the horseshoes. They do nothing. <laughs> Why are they even called shoes? <laughs> They're made of steel. <laughs> They're attached with nails. What is this? Harden. You, uh, <laughs> you're here in the House of Clouds. Hmm. Alexander Harbour chooses a you, and he chooses uh, a you. Who are you selecting? Two girls. Two girls Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, two, two girls that are, did not have not had do not have company yet. Okay, you would have uh, the vast majority of those that would be <clears> in here uh, would of course be humans, as is much of the makeup of most of Corvosa. But there would definitely be a larger skew towards elves and half-elves here than you would find most places throughout the city. Take from that what you will. Uh, but I'm looking for women who don't have, look like they're having as much attention as some of the others do. Exactly where I was going. Uh, you would find a woman uh, who is kind of pallid green skin. Uh, looks somewhat unnatural for a half-orc because they usually skew either towards like the orange-brown or towards much more aggressively green. And it looks like uh, it's she is much more covered than the rest of them. You can see in her hands this is clearly either a thick layer of makeup she has on her face or things she has done. Alexander uh, Harbour does not see color. <laughs> he only sees beauty. Her head, uh, almost entirely shaven, save for one thick braided ponytail uh, that extends down past her waist, her two fangs jutting up from her lower jaw uh, as, as her mouth is closed, uh, give, uh, kind of accenting her grin as she rises from her seat, surprisingly kind of, of elegantly. Uh, with a, though she is, uh, just due to her nature, a fair size larger than uh, many of the other human women here. She is quite lithe. Uh, and then there would be uh, probably just a picker, one of a plenty of other human women who just isn't getting a whole lot of various <coughs> action this evening. And the two of them would stand to join you uh, on either side. Come, you shall witness my acrobatics. <laughs> Each of them taking one of your hands in both of theirs. Half-orc's uh, gonna throw you across the room. <laughs> <laughs> As they uh, they move to, to clear a path for you to make your way back over towards the proprietor at the door, and I look over her direction, and the other woman at the door raises two fingers and nods. And uh, both of them seeing that would then uh, instead turn you around towards the staircase that heads below decks at the back of the chamber. Here. Okay, so before we go any further, I just want to say this is not going where you think it is. I... Hope so. 
hope so. <laughs> I would assume so. It is Arden. Yeah, it's Arden. I assume we're about to do something. Arden's Arden. like, I just blew 100% of my social energy. Give me five minutes. So Arden is going is to take them back uh, into a room. And as you head down the stairs, it would be an absolute uh, polar opposite to what you would find below deck of the Golden Hawk, uh, of course, rather than a large, common, massive hold <laughs> that nobody wants. Um, here would be a very narrow passageway lined with thin veils and beads uh, towards stout wooden doors spaced every few feet as this entire hold has been divided into a huge variety of individual single chambers, uh, clearly made of much stouter, thicker wood, uh, uh, more akin to the outer hull of the ship than to an interior dividing chamber. Uh, the doors to the first pair would be closed, <clears throat> as would the one on the left, whereas the rest of them were all left wide open down the hall, as you can see, and they would lead you to the first one on the right. Uh, Not, and I don't know if Arden has a social grace to pick up on these. They aren't literally like leading you, but they are. You would feel like you're leading <clears throat> them, but they are very much directing you to this room. Uh, once he gets in there, uh, his entire persona will change, and he'll actually start shaking a little and kind of revert back to his mannerisms. Do, 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 do you think I, I, I did okay? Do you think? They, they all thought that I was I was handsome. And as you do, the uh, the half-orc woman closing the door uh, with a thick wooden latch on the inside, <laughs> large and visible. As a for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> three minutes of playtime. <laughs> as the uh, human woman who has some uh, fairly dark freckles across her cheekbones here. Sort of wavy brown hair, almost bobbed down her shoulders. Uh, takes a seat, and in this room, there is a much finer bed than the sand cots of the Golden Hawk, and a few overstuffed uh, cushions, uh, with even a table set between two of them at one side. It's not... It is kind of almost a well-appointed in-room. There, There is no storage in here, uh, but... Uh, she sits down on the uh, the cushion nearest you and takes her hand. Oh, it's okay to be nervous. Don't worry. Uh, I, you see, I, my 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 father and 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 my my friends, they they wanted me to come here and have a good time. But you see, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with my 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 valet, and my father does not want me to be with him, and he's hoping that I'll I'll come here and. And, and we'll perhaps find another, but it's not to be. I, I, don't, I don't want that. So I was hoping that maybe if I, if I paid you enough, we could just sit here quietly and, and talk uh, this, this, all this night. And, and I'll, his... I'll pay you f for the whole night. And, and if you'll tell everyone what a, what a viral, you know, man person. I am. This girl has one of your hands and both of hers still, just kind of like gently sort of stroking the back of your hand. I... You don't gotta worry a bit with us. Believe it or not, it's not an, as uncommon a story as you might think. Oh, good. We don't have to do anything you don't feel comfortable doing here. I... You got us for the night, whether that's in the bed or simply enjoying each other's company. I, I would, if, if you wouldn't mind, I, I, I would just like to talk. I'm, I'm sure 
you ladies know any any number of I- interesting stories, and well, court is just full of interesting stories. And I uh, I brought uh, he'll lay out like some biscuits and water, and then he'll use enhanced your bag on he'll the table use here. enhanced victuals to turn them into the finest food and wine. And as they kind of look at the sort of impressed by the magic, the uh, the the human girl looks at this, and uh, her face kind of lights up with the magic. The the half orc, her eyes immediately go wide, and she almost kind of shies back and Shh. puts a hand to her chest. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's just it's a simple trick that I learned. It's a no. You need not apologize to me for my discomfort with magic. My my my, if if you don't mind me saying so, you, I I I think you're lovely, and and I'm I'm very glad that I I chose you to to, to keep me company tonight. Thank you, my lord. Perhaps. It is a shame that one as handsome as you is forced through these obligations to tie themselves to another they do not desire. Perhaps you could tell me something and try to cheer me up a little. Maybe some gossip or funny stories, anything. And the uh, the human girl sitting there, she's sort of looking over the stuff that you have made, almost just beyond and uh, sort of playing it off a little how impressed she is. Of course, my love. Uh, here at the House of Clouds, is any pleasure you desire. It doesn't just have to be carnal ones. And, uh, oh, Colin! <laughs> <laughs> and he'll actually just bust out crying. <laughs> kind of using his real emotions over not being able to find his cousin to like bring up tears and kind of make them feel horrible for him so they'll just and, talk. And they're not like inept to dealing with this. <clears throat> this is like a surprisingly... Not dumpster old Corvosa brothel. I didn't like, think it would are, be. Being what they charged, yeah, I wouldn't think so. They are not completely hopeless at this. They are they are well versed in comforting you and entertaining, and they are perfectly competent at holding a conversation. They have their uh, plentiful stories of their own to share. And uh, I'll try to lead them around to stories about uh, the boat and kind of legends about the the man who uh, who started it, he'll, he'll kind of go, I've, I've heard he came from, from our ranks, but, but that can't p- possibly be, be true. Oh, the, the Spider King? He, truth be told, I don't think anyone rightly knows where he's exactly come from. And I think that's largely by design. He very much keeps to himself, but... I've heard he's handsome and mysterious. Well, I've never had the pleasure of seeing him in, purpose, uh, seeing him in person, but... Nobody who commands that level of respect uh, gets to such a station without, well, a pleasant face or a truly impressive amount of coin to our experience. And he does command quite an impressive amount of respect. Eagle's End is uh, it's a great place, all things considered. Probably one of the, one of the safest in Corvosa since the passing of King Adrian. I'm, I'm glad he, he treats you girls well. Well, he doesn't have much of a hand in what we have going on. Uh, that's left must, much to Mistress Halver up top. Uh, she handles all the things, all the overhead with heels in proper. Huh. That, that's, that's, that's interesting. I, w- I, I wouldn't have thought that. I thought the ships were all, like, kind of one thing. And uh, the half-orc woman sort of shrugs. Oh, oh, like she said, we don't have a hand in the business side of things. Our area of expertise is here in the chambers below. Is 
Is he ha- you, you sure you've never seen him? He's not, he's not handsome. I've, I've heard tales. I have seen him about. He has that uh, sort of rugged appeal to him. Really? Rugged? Hmm. He's very... Uh, he wears his scars, uh, carries them proudly and well. Scars? I like a man with scars. Twisted what must have been dark times in his life. Oh, dark, yeah. an impressive yeah. visage now. A visage? Wow. It, I simply mean his face. <sighs> does... Does he have a... Does he have a beard? He doesn't, no. He keeps himself clean-shaven, but his hair is wild, almost a mane of black atop his head. <sighs> he is... An impressive-looking man, if nothing else. <sighs> so few of those around these days. Oh, do not undersell yourself. R- really? And truly, you are uh, certainly uh, among the easier to work with clients that we have seen in the House of Clouds. Certainly, one of the more pleasant to gaze upon. Wait, wait. Th- 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 thank you. I, uh, <laughs> I suppose, uh, it comes from being well made to do it. And the, uh, the human kind of oh, It's a... You carry yourself well. You got that bit of noble grace in you. Have uh, clear signs of a proper upbringing. He'll blush. You've been taught well. You've been taught right. I, uh... Oh, th- 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 thank you. Um, he's going to try to get her really tipsy. He has a lot She's of water drinking. with him. And... As they, he gets her a little bit drunker, he's going to try to, like, start, like, playing, like... Transvictuals Jesus water into wine? Yes. Does it really? Yep. Do the it card? improves the quality of food. It creates uh, basic wines. Wait, does it seriously? Yep. It's a cantrip? Yep. N- no, no, it's a level two spell. Oh, you're... you're level two? You're, you're oh, yeah. casting level two spells. You literally... Okay, that makes way yeah, more sense. You, you're you were just flinging it, so I thought it was like, no. oh, yeah, it's a level two spell. Okay, so you just you just barely got access to this level of potion. No, no, like, the, the second I knew we were doing this, I was so excited. So it's up to a gallon. Yep. How many he, level two spells... Are you a prep caster in a druid, or are you spontaneous? Oh, no, I'm a prep caster, but I knew what we were doing You have tonight. literally all of your level two spell slots are enhanced visuals. Yes. <laughs> she, we, got, she, got the prep, she got the prep caster, like... Goal, like she knew exactly. Where I, I knew where we were going to tonight. I have three slots, and they're all enhanced victuals. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna enhance your victuals all night long. <clears throat> three oh, gallons of wine that you can pump out. But here, essentially, enough. what he wants to do oh, is like wine. get them playing like almost like stupid like games that like you would play like when you get drunk, and just start them talking freely about the happenings you know, of the boat. While they would. Definitely planned this, and especially the human girl would would uh, have no reservations about drinking some. They are like they're like probably they're well yeah they're even professionals I, I suppose. And this is as much an act as it is. Well, you are certainly some of one of the nicer patrons, I'm sure. As much an act as it is them, you know, actually enjoying their time. They're working. Um, m- make me a deception check. Because trying to get the talent of the House of Clouds to drink themselves past any line of you know, their proper tolerance and awareness would not be super easy. It would not be the first or the thousandth to come in here and try to get them despicably drunk. Especially to have orcs. 
<laughs> oh, she's just like magic. No, nope, you can drink that. I don't yeah, half orc's not soup. Like, she would take a little, like politeness play into it, but she clearly is very <laughs> like, not okay with the magic. She's tastes like wine. She's like, well, no. It's respectable. Okay. Um, it's a sixteen. With a sixteen, uh, you definitely would not be able to get this girl to anywhere past like the edge of tipsy. And it's like the front edge of Tipsy. She is very reserved with her consumption. And uh, very adept at politely <clears throat> redirecting or rebuffing any attempts to get her to consume more. And honestly, he's doing it really clumsily because he is clumsy. So it doesn't even look contrived like he's trying to manipulate her. He's literally... He'll even get a little tipsy himself. Essentially, what he's doing is just trying to get them just talking about fun things that have happened on the ship, trying to get any bit of information that he's not even going to know. Just He doesn't even know where it's going to come from because it could come from any place. So, I mean, he's got all night with them. Might as well use it. Give me a diplomacy check. Mm. <laughs> this is my mm. moment. <laughs> I got no cards that can help you. I'm sorry. It's all right, man. I have faith. That's a 20. Come on, dogs. That's a 19. For a total of? A 19. (laughs) (laughs) With a 19, uh, you would get them. You clearly are showing interest here. And whatever your purpose is, they're not paid to care about. Um, So they would be reaching for things to share with you, things to continue entertaining you, stories about <clears throat> the Spider King and Eelzan and what they have. And uh, the human woman like, oh, oh um, uh, you know he has a pet drake, actually. I didn't know those that you could even tame those little things. I've only ever seen them flying about throughout the town. I mean, and they're terrible little fights with the imps coming out of the academy, but uh, apparently, you have a force of personality as strong as the King of Spiders, and you can you can put anything you put your mind to. Wow! Is it purple? It is actually. <gasps> it's got Purple's like my a favorite color. Real the, the the undersides of its wings are a bright blue. It's real vibrant. Ooh! Does it have a name? I I don't know. I don't know personally. I just saw it when it was when it was gifted to him. Wow! Who gave it to him? Who would give you such a beautiful gift? I don't know. I was just out on the pier doing my shift at the time. I like the, drakes. They have such pretty wings. The orc uh, furrows her brow, bit thinking, you know what? I didn't consider if you're new here. You know the his title, the King of Spiders. It's literal. Like he he talks to spiders. I don't know if he talks to him or what, but his quarters inside the ship on the eel's end. There's dozens and hundreds of the things crawling about. They, they listen to him, whether he speaks or otherwise. They're tame, they're calm. As a matter of fact, most of the time I see him out on the decks. He has a couple of them, the size of a palm, clinging to him, climbing about. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, it's definitely, certainly more of a terrifying sight from my end, but I thought it might be something you would Ooh, find intriguing. That's, that's tantalizing. He has ones of such vivid colors, bright purples and yellows. 
looking almost like glass ornaments with their spindly legs as they crawl across them. And she's like, her the her line is trying to tell this story in a way that's like, not, she's not cringing into a singularity uh, because <laughs> you're clearly interested and she hates it. But she's doing it. She's doing her best. All right, we gotta, we gotta burn the boat. That's the only, that's the only solution. She's a professional. Wow. She's a professional. Know that large tarantulas can have <clears throat> hairs on their butt that they throw at you as a weapon. Hate that, yeah. but I did know that. <laughs> did you know, they off into I did the know air. that, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, I think they have that attack in Pathfinder. I think the, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, like, the Thanks, CR... Thanks, I'll like, never like, unsee that. The Quick. CR6 or whatever, the large-sized ones, the giant tarantulas, I'm pretty sure have a cone attack that is hairs. I just, huh. that's, that's horrifying. Are, I'm almost positive, because we ran into them in uh, book two, in Age of Ashes, yep. briefly. Yeah, so we I'm did. pretty Wars. sure they had the Harris Cone attack. They, they didn't need to do use that. it, but they, they had it. They might not have got to use it, I they had it. I'm going to write him, more you know. I'm going to write him a poem about his beautiful spiders and his webs. Oh, he does very much appreciate gifts of uh, feasance to his reign here at Eel's End. Oh, good. He has an opinion well-deserved of his station. I would love to see his station. I mean, I would love to write him a poem about how wonderful he is. Do you think he'd show me his station? Uh, how much is <laughs> that? You guys for five silver. How and much I know is it's not He's not trying to perform. If your station is five silver, silver, is his station like a gold or something? <laughs> no, their station's one gold. You know. Well, she paid one gold for each of these. Because, I, uh, I mean, I know like, you guys have boys here does does he entertain <laughs> this would be like That's a exactly third their reaction um, <laughs> as you're down here talking to them for some time ref overlooking this here make me a perception check this is your moment uh, 16 a 16 though you see flobbling up on the middle deck of the uh, middle deck of the heel scent itself uh, just Ivan, after he's backed away from the door, you saw him approach the door and try something. Uh, nothing looked violent or anything. He just danced his way back into the crowd. No progress. Uh, the whole rest of your party has disappeared into various ships, never to be seen again. <laughs> uh, they have been in there for probably half an hour at this point as you've been kind of overlooking this. Fully expected. And yeah, there's no sign or hide of them. It's a, I will know when there is trouble. Yeah, it's a lonely. Yeah, nothing definitely. Nothing looks concerning yeah. at all. You just have absolutely no idea what is going on here. None of us do. Now, do I really need an idea of what's going on when I still got that fifth whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wants. He wants to just go up here. He's got his gun there. He's laying prone. I'm they had the rooftop. He's got <laughs> a good your, overview. You're in your tree stand. He's just taking swigs out of the bottle. Look at him waiting. Old fashioned Florida Saturday. Yep, yep. Pretty much just sitting there, just North Florida Saturday. Darren, between the Eels End and the House of Clouds, Arden inside the House of Clouds, learning what she can. John, best night ever. About to go play Knivesies. About to go play Knivesies. Are you going to actually? That's like footsies. Can we do that now? No. no, like right now. And no. Flobbling, I want to see, see him get stabbed. Still I'll up on the that. mid deck. So back over at the Twin Tigers, John, as you stand up for your <laughs> dice game here. Are you going I'm to this going table? To play. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm in the mood now. Losing a few copper got so you. You're moving right over the table where there is just kind of a decent What's amount up? of space. Uh, the greatest floor space within the furniture here is around the Knivesies table. Um, so you just sort of walk up into this crowd that's around 
And uh, they're all talking amongst themselves, looking at stuff. Uh, and they can, you get kind of get your way through there, but no one really like acknowledges you as you approach. I just walk up to the table and slam a head hand down. I want to play this. There's kind of some uncomfortable sort of chuckles and some like hand waves. I take five gold pieces and throw it on the table. I want to play this <laughs> now. <laughs> Let's do some improvisational <laughs> comedy <laughs> now. Also the. Look amongst themselves. Are you cowards? And, you uh, think you can't beat me? You see just... Uh, some of them kind of turn around to make a bit of space. And you see... Uh, pretty big dude walk up. Uh, who's just got a plain shirt uh, that's not much more than like, almost a cotton wife beater and some overalls around it. Big old tree trunks of arms completely exposed out of the side. No <clears> hair <throat> on the top of his head. Huge brown beard just hanging down to about mid-chest. The man... <laughs> the man's built <laughs> like a lumberjack, like a power... <laughs> so like, the exact is, opposite of this. He's <laughs> the exact opposite of this. He's not like the well-sculpted muscle. He's just a big old dude. He looks over. Oh, so Colby <laughs> challenged me to a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take you for that. Yeah, I would hope you're not stupid. Let's do it. <laughs> you know what you're doing here, kid. Wasting money, let's go. I'm wasting a bit more money at Knivesies. Look. And he uh, reaches over and grabs the kind of bloodied knife that was on a table and just sort of wipes it off yeah. on the hem of his overalls. Slams it in the center of the table. Not my problem. Heads over to one end of the table and uh, just kind of motions to a couple of dudes in the crowd and puts his left arm at his side. And they grab some of the thick leather, leather straps and start. It takes a couple of them to work around his girth here to get his arm tied up to his side. Is that motion for them? It's like, you know what? Actually, better yet, make it more interesting. Dominaton. Okay, <laughs> tying up your right arm here. John is adrenaline junkie right now. <laughs> Dude, John, homicides are not enough for this man John anymore. John Double Homicide Teller. <laughs> That's his stage name now. Stepping up to the Knivesies table, oh, throwing man. out five gold. And from around the crowd, you got some coins showering out onto the table. Uh, as you can see now up in here, the people who are throwing the money are, are tossing it on like one side of the knife or the other and then moving it out into the table. As about 98% of the crowd shuffles around to big old lumberjack side <laughs> of the table on your five gold and a smattering of copper pieces from people who are here to play the odds are over uh, in Smart your corner. Men. Smart men, that's that they are. <laughs> but I think here uh, is where we're gonna end today's session. Fortunately, it seems like the restart did largely fix things. We'll hook up right at the beginning, but I haven't heard basically anything go wrong yep. since then. Fantastic. Yeah. Salvaged. We're good. Technical issue overcome. Sorry about that break in the middle there. Uh, I don't know what was happening. The that return of Machine Fist Golems. It was Machine Fist everything, though. Yeah. It was a Machine Fist ill's end. Stop happening. So, good news. If he starts to kill you, I can shoot him. 
He's not you probably you can't see the knives he's table from oh. where you're at. That is very explicitly <clears throat> against the okay. inner wall, very hidden from view from the shore. That's not the face they're putting out to the public of Cormosa. Come and enjoy your time on you this boat. You can see the opposite side of that room, which is some card and dice groups and like a little bit of the band. And I can see players. everybody looking over that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, everyone's usually kind of doing their own thing. The crowd that cares about knives is over by around knives. But um Smell the bloodlust. I don't believe we are playing next week, actually. Uh, we are going to be taking one week break out here in the middle of the hook. Uh, so we will see you guys. The calendar app on my telephony says first week of March on Saturday the 5th. We'll be back here with a new episode of the Pathfinder 2nd Edition conversion of the Curse of the Crimson Throne, which is going fantastic so far. I'm having a great oh, freaking yes. time. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Absolutely I nothing. I had knives with a guy who could eat you. <laughs> I got the party and it gets down. John's big. John, John's, you got 18 strength. Yeah, John's 18 strength a, John's 16 a big boy. Dude, um, he's playing knivesies. I'm playing footsies. It's going great. <laughs> Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you. I'm playing whiskeys. For bearing with us uh -oh. for weird technical issues that happen sometimes. Appreciate your understanding. Uh, we will see you again in two weeks, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, here at twitch.tv slash official paizo. This has not been the whole campaign. John playing knivesies, though, is a hell of a hook. <laughs>